this was uh, a guy. He won the undercard of the Conor McGregor uh, Khabib fight. Yeah. All right. But he took his pants off after the fight, and then Joe Rogan <laughs> asked him why. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls was hot. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, he said the the president called him before the fight. Uh, the president called the guy doing an undercard. I think he was joking. I forgot a few hours before the fight. Donald Trump called me and told me I got knocked this rush out because they're making him look bad on the news. You know, him and Putin. They talking about USA in this hole. <laughs> this USA in this hole. This is not. This is not day. exactly Muhammad Ali esque. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? My balls was hot. <laughs> I understand. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I put the AC on extra high today, Val, so there would be no issues. Oh, good. Yeah. I want no pantsless people. No, no. And just to remind everybody, USA in this hoe. Yeah. (laughs) But that's always been the case here. Yeah. Yeah. F what everybody talking about. Oh my, here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Since we're loving it. My balls was hot. <laughs> it's, just, it's just good time. You know, my, my favorite part about that interview was the honesty that he had, because Joe Rogan like, immediately goes like, what do you think about doing a title fight? And he goes, F what you talk about. Goes, I need to go I need to go work on my cardio. Like, that was just the most yeah. honest thing. Like, you know when you have like a big thing, like a milestone moment, and then yeah. right afterwards, you don't want to think about anything else you want to bask nope. and just chill out for two seconds he's like i need to go sit my black ass down yeah. and <laughs> do some cardio and in some cardio <laughs> uh it is 68 uh. degrees now at dve now at category four strength with winds of 140 miles per hour hurricane michael is a life-threatening storm set to make landfall along the florida panhandle later today there are storm watches warnings in states of emergency in parts of florida georgia alabama and the carolinas this morning as millions <laughs> are bracing for the arrival of that monster storm while the winds will be bad enough forecasters say it is that storm surge that poses the greatest risk michael is turning less at 140 miles south-southwest of Panama City, Florida. It is expected to make landfall around midday. Expect to see more electric vehicle charging stations in downtown Pittsburgh. Duquesne Light is working with the Pittsburgh Parking Authority to add charging stations at the garage on 3rd Avenue as well as the Smithfield Liberty Garage. The goal is within 5 to 10 years, the Pittsburgh Parking Authority will have charging stations at all of its garages. Do you have any skeletons in your closet that might prevent you from going into public office? Uh, my Facebook account from 2002 to 2008, <laughs> I'd yeah. say, is a pretty much uh, uh, will take me out of the running pretty quick. A new poll asked 4,000 people that very question. One in five, just one in five, said there is something in their past that could probably be used against them. If they were suddenly put in the public eye, 64% claim, nope, they have no skeletons at all to worry about, 16%, not sure. I don't think these people are really thinking this through. No. Right, that's what I'm saying, like, they're, but, they're but why, not sure. But, but by what standards are we talking about here? Because the bar has been lowered significantly well, from what we were used to. That's what I was thinking, that Brett Kavanaugh thing, when they're like, let us see your yearbook, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, ah, that cannot happen. <laughs> that, that, there's no way you can read what's going on in my yearbook. I respectfully withdraw the nomination. <laughs> yes. 
And I'm going to go lift over at uh, <laughs> Dolph's house right now and try to work this one off. Yeah, but I, I think everybody, that's the whole point, is that you grow up going, it's not like I'm ever going to run for office someday, shotgun. Mm-hmm. You know, some of that stuff has been lowered now, but I agree with Jeff that people think that they're squeaky clean and they're not. No way. You can make it uh, out of anything. Get one bad breakup. Get her, get, get her on the, the, the hill testifying in front of Congress. No one comes out looking good. Yeah, I, I will never run for public office. All you got to do is look at the first 10 years of my radio career before before <laughs> Janet Jackson. Oh, yeah. R- oh. Before she, they ripped off the uh, the boob at the uh, Super Bowl there. The just, <laughs> a little wardrobe malfunction. A little wardrobe mal- malfunction. Yeah, they didn't rip off the boob. I could but. rattle off <laughs> quite a few things we used to do on this show. I know, knock you right out of contention for anything. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the other thing is uh, any oh, if anyone taped any open mic comedy from my budding comedy career, I mean, I think I'd be toast as well. I did something like two years ago that... I would not be able to defend. <laughs> oh, I know it is. You're right. A medieval death is casting a shadow over a Kentucky event after a 52-year-old was impaled. Officials say Peter Barkley was part of a reenactment last week at a medieval-themed equestrian game when he suffered the gruesome death. He was performing a trick when he was impaled by the lance. Ah. It accidentally happened Saturday at the Williamstown, Kentucky event. 52-year-old not surviving. The death is being called an accident. That's the one thing that I I, I just want to die in some kind of respectable way. Because yeah. I feel like when you die like that, everyone just goes, ah, man. What'd you do that, that for? That was wholly unnecessary right yeah. there. I was thinking about that the other day because uh, Fort Pitt Tunnel was closed when I was coming. It was like late, like, I don't know, 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I was thinking coming, about, you were thinking about impaling yourself? I was thinking about impaling myself. <laughs> it was closed, and it was one of those situations where the traffic is backed up, and I'm looking at it going, this is an hour. I'm going to be sitting here for an hour. How and do now I get I'm, out of this? I am fuming. So... You know, I'm following the traffic that goes that shoots you over to the West End, and and that's all backed up trying yeah, to go south. I'm like, no way, man! I'm doing that U-turn as soon as I get down on the oh, Carson, yeah. and I'm going to zip back the other way and go through uh, uh, Wabash or something. But I'm not going to wait in this traffic. And so I pull out real quick, and then I like I'm about to do a U-turn. I almost got T-boned so bad, like <laughs> you know, the the horn is oh, on, yeah. and I was like that split second where you're like I almost just died. And I had this like moment where I thought like St. Peter, and I think there's a little bit of the uh, if there is an afterlife, it's like defending your life where there's like a tribunal waiting for you. They're like, welcome. <laughs> what was really the hurry there? Yeah. Impatience. <laughs> you know, Netflix is on demand. Like <laughs> yeah. your shows are still going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to go home and go to sleep, and I almost took a dart nap forever just because I was like impatient. Does that ever happen? Do you like? I sometimes think about things that I did when I was younger that. I like like were so hyper dangerous that I somehow made it out unscathed, and I like shut. You ever shudder? Like you just think like, oh my god! Like yeah. if that went one hair wrong, I, I I one time got a frisbee off of like a two story roof, and then just I I sort of like Nightcrawler Spider Man jumped down, like held off the gutter, and then just <laughs> fell down. I was like. That could have been one slipped pinky away from like paraplegic. Yeah. Like no yeah. no doubt. I, I yeah. Uh, even just stuff you did when in a pool or swimming in like you know sw- <sighs> like swimming hole type stuff. We used to oh, jump yeah. off the cliff oh, all the that time. Was the, oh. And if there's just something in the water, 
A friend of mine did something that terrified me. They uh, down in West Virginia, there's a bridge you can jump off into Cheat Lake, and um, they kept. We used to do that at Ohio Pile. Yeah, right. You can do it off that one bridge at at Ohio Mm Pile. So they were telling my friend about it, like, "Oh, dude, you're gonna love this. It's it's this awesome jump," and he's getting himself psyched for it, and he was like throwing down beers. He jumped out of the car before it stopped moving, ran, and jumped over the bridge. And it terrified everyone. It was like, oh, my God. It, like, he had not been there before. Didn't know. No sense of how deep it was. No. There could have been a jagged rocks beneath it. Didn't know what was underneath it. Jumped out of the car before it came to a full stop and ran and took off, jumped over the bridge. Freaking everybody out. And the amount of stuff like that that well, happened. Tim's like has gone forever. In that, like, junior, senior year to, like, first year of college, I feel like. You probably could have died monthly. This is this oh, is yeah. why this is probably my number one fear with with two boys, especially two boys that I think are going to be relatively like svelte, like just because like, again my you know you the, the other side of my genetics is or my kids' genetics is going to be you know six four two fifty Norseman you know, kind of, yeah Norseman basically, but like when when you're that size and you're that dumb and young, there's no you can't tell someone that you're mortal. Oh, like teenage it's just boys. Yeah, uh, might be the dumbest creature. Well, I don't don't forget peer pressure. I mean, well, yeah, that's the whole re- like we know. used to go to a, a rock quarry that oh. supposedly had sunken like train car like corroded out train cars in the it. The one at Penn State? No, it was Blue Hole. It was called. I don't. I think it was out like by Somerset maybe. But um, you know, I went there and I'm like shaking in my boots. I'm like I'm not jumping into a filled in rock quarry. But then you see like seven other people jumping in, swimming out. I'm like, I don't know what's in here, but hey, you see Let's everybody do else doing it. You got to do it. When I was a teenager, there was uh, it was French Creek. Yeah, it comes down through, and we went out. Me and a friend took a neighbor kid who was little, like four, <laughs> just out wading in the creek, and we took the kid home. And the parents were like, "Are you out of your mind? There's like uh, water you know, moccasins. And, well, there's oh. snakes, but there's um." The tur- well, undertow. Cur- yeah, oh, there's Eddie. a current yeah. that will, under undertow. there, that will just sweep you down. I yeah. Like, oh my God, we were so lucky. Yeah, if it would have rained or anything, then yeah. you wouldn't have been able to go out there probably if it was... But still, you but, don't even think of those things. No. But see, like, our are, are girls from teenage years, I feel like the girls in those same teenage years where the boys are dumb, the girls are just watching them be dumb. Yes. Yeah. And in some cases, rewarding them being dumb. That's why they're being dumb sometimes. Front row seat. But the girls girls find themselves in situations with boys that could go really bad. Yeah, that's probably true. Which I've thought back a couple times. Wow, that could have really turned out awful Why, just because you're going along with it? No, because you're with a guy alone. And you maybe you don't know him very well. Oh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's yeah. I'm sure there's a myriad of uh, different instances yes. where, where that comes into play. I thought but, you meant like you know, hey baby, let's, let's go, go play off. chicken at the end of the the creek or yeah, something no, like that. Yeah, not like that. No, but I think that uh, a lot of times that uh, girls and even other guys are at the mercy of some dude who is a ridiculously reckless yep. driver. Uh-huh. So there's like a guy just like yeah been restoring this duster and then everyone gets in and he's 
all the time, just grinding the gears. And he's the guy that is like, he's the car guy, but he always like races at the stoplights and stuff like that. And he's the, that was my brother Charlie, man. He was the most dangerous driver. He used to terrify us. My brother, my younger brother, got in an accident with him one time, and he swore he would never get in the car with him again. And he waited years to get in the car with him again. And he got in the car with him at a Christmas party. We were a mile away from our house. He's like, "Well, you can't screw this up." Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tried to race man. us home going an opposite way, and wiped out an entire neighborhood's electricity on Christmas oh Eve. God. Went right into a power oh. box, but trashed a car. So we're all sitting home going, where are those two? What the hell's going on? Like, it's a it's a mile and a half. Where did they go? Mm-hmm. 15 minutes later, my younger brother comes like running in. He's like swearing up a storm, pissed at my brother. Because he was just always that guy. He was that reckless. He could not resist the urge to go fast but there mm-hmm. is there's always some little tinge in you when you're that age just says just push it just push it a little bit let's you're see right, how right. let's see how go far we faster go. or this will be fun but think of the little bit of reward it's like with that Birbiglia bit about top gun about you know flipping the plane just to flip the bird and how dangerous it is <laughs> yeah. for just that little payoff mm-hmm. well like my brother was hoping to beat us home and that was it right it, it almost killed my younger brother and ruined christmas for about a hundred families really not worth it when you think about it <laughs> not at all and plus it depends on who you're trying to impress like i i was in a car one time me and my buddy were with some kid we didn't even really know him that well but we were in a carpool thing going down to like senior trip and he floored he had an acura and he, we were going 120 miles an hour through like those allegheny oh tunnels God. And both me and my friend were like, he was in the back seat. We both look at each other like, "What the hell's going on here?" And then as soon as we get out of the tunnel, the guy driving just goes, "Huh?" And we were like, "Wow, don't do that again!" Like total opposite reaction. Like I don't know what he was expecting. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're the coolest. Yeah, there's just your dad's Acura is really fast. <laughs> I, I mean, I remember a buddy of mine asking my brother to please slow down. He We were in like seventh grade. Going, <laughs> See, you can't was, be that guy, though. No, he was driving. Exactly. That's what that, happens. Please slow down. He was driving. You got to find a better way to say it. Like, oh, man, I can't go to jail again. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. like that. Wait, you're in seventh grade. Yeah, yeah. you're wearing a, a tank top <laughs> basketball uniform for your grade school. <laughs> you went to jail, but that was it. We were going to a basketball game, and this kid was just this was a foreign concept to him altogether. Like we're Duke <laughs> hazarding over train tracks oh, and stuff, uh, you know. And I'm like, oh god, and I'm holding on for dear life, and he goes, please slow down. And my brother's like, oh, please, uh, you know, typical yeah, that's bully. One of those things like, you'll never live uh, down. Uh, Look at him, bang. It just hit a telephone pole. <laughs> the kid, I was so happy he did it. I was like, yeah, wussy. Yeah, you're a wussy. <sighs> Thanks for doing that. I was terrified, too. I'm traumatized because on Christmas one year, somebody yeah. knocked all my power out yeah. going too fast. <laughs> this is a bizarre story. A Georgia man going to the big house after apparently trying to compete with Waffle House. He was peddling a boatload of stolen waffle mix on the black market. Brandon Lee Nelson stole about 150 pounds of it from a storage shed belonging to his former employer, which distributed waffle batter. Uh, He pried open the door one weekend in late August. The theft went unnoticed for more than two weeks because it wasn't they didn't go get it very often. According to the police report, though, the 33 year old had a stream of buyers that would contact him for the waffle mix and he would provide it. He is known, this is from the police report, he is known as the seller of waffle mix. 
<laughs> Great nickname. Wow. It's like a Harry <laughs> Potter villain. Seller of waffle mix. Black market waffle mix. I just think the idea of some low level employee like coming into the distribution center office like breathless and be like, the batter bags. The batter bags are gone. All the batter bags. Or on the other side, somebody being like, I never want to buy waffles in a store ever again. I know somebody. The seller of waffle mix. <laughs> He's just sitting in his apartment like uh, like Scarface with a big p- pile of waffle mix snorting it in front of him. He's like, life is good, Mike. <laughs> see, I just see him at, a, at a, like a, a park and people come up to him all indiscreet and he has a trench coat on and he opens it and it's just full of six pound bags <laughs> right. of batter. Pin, safety pin to the inside <laughs> yeah, of his yeah. My dad would have known this guy. I would have been eating this as a child <laughs> if, if it were around Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, the seller of waffle mix? Yeah, everybody knew him. He'd have the key to my house, that guy. Yoko Ono is designing tiles in a New York City subway station. Sandra Bloodworth, the director of the MTA's public art program, says John Lennon's widow is the perfect choice due to her love of New York City. The blue and white tiles are marked with messages like imagine peace and remember love and are a defining feature of the renovated station. $28 million makeover, which took almost five months to complete, also includes better lighting, digital displays, and updated entrances. Yeah, you know she's 80. Wow. Hmm. Isn't that remarkable? Yeah. She's uh, she's up there. It was John and Sean's birthday mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah, that's unique. Is she still just riding off the Beatles fame, or is she actually very talented? I have, I cannot answer that question. I don't know that she ever was. I feel but... like in some circles, she'll always just be a name just because of that, though. But my sister works in that world, yeah. and she often talks about the fact that there are there, it is like any other sort of... There's a popularity contest. There are the the cool clicks and stuff like that. And sometimes talent doesn't have anything to do with it. Like, did you guys see the Banksy painting? Yeah, uh, thing that it happened. Got it sold at auction and it shredded right away. I mean, someone had to know within Sotheby's that that was going to happen, right? I, like, there. Yeah, I would imagine. And Wait, now it's what, ostensibly what, what more valuable. What happened? You know that Banksy's the graffiti artist yeah. over in London. He does all the you know paintings that yeah, are black and white stuff. with all. So he did a print of one of, or he did a painting of one of his pieces and put in this big elaborate frame, and it sold at Sotheby's for like one point two million dollars. And as soon as the gavel hit, uh, there's a shredder that was inside the frame that took the print out and shredded it all on the floor. So in front of the like a packed auction house, so people were like screaming and like doing like you know because yeah. it just went for one point two million dollars. But Randy's saying like they had to be complicit in that. Like, yeah, like had you couldn't have just known. That and it also have... didn't shred onto the floor. It stopped halfway, so it comes oh, right, out. Right. So you could still actually hang it, so that it's half in the frame and the bottom half is shredded. So now right. the art house is arguing. Well, we don't have to refund the money. It's probably worth more than the one point two million now I'd because it was. it was a happening. Yeah, that's oh, right. No, that's what I'm saying. That's so to answer your what question BS. as to whether or not Yoko Ono is talented, I don't know. Who knows what yeah, talent is? It's, yeah, it's uh, it's subjective. I saw Banksy do something else interesting like that in New York City. He had just one of those regular street vendors that has the tables out with just regular prints, and he had original pieces in, mixed in. And this guy was like trying to sell them to people, and the one guy was like, 50 bucks? I don't know. 
I mean, I think it'd be cool, like, in my bathroom. I mean, these but are million-dollar like, pieces. Yeah. That, to somebody, that to me, that's like, why would I don't want, I don't care about Banksy. I mean, I'd, like, getting some, normal. I'm not an art person, so right. if I bought something for 50 bucks and it was worth a million, I would immediately sell it and be like, I don't care. I just want the money. Right. I couldn't care less about Banksy. My favorite artist is Banksville. He's down on Banksville yeah. Road. <laughs> he's the guy that comes out at the traffic light. Yeah. <laughs> but that has value to somebody. Oh, Not it's everybody. well, look, it's currency. I mean, it is, you know. Yeah, it's Bitcoin. That is it's a big time investment for people and uh, they oh, trade yeah. it like stocks like mm-hmm. anything else and people's say, value goes up and down I say I'm not an art person because I'm not rich enough to be an art person <laughs> I'd love to be an art person but I don't have the money but so it's a, a piece just of don't art get done by art. your son would be much more valuable to you uh, sure. <laughs> yes, it would be. It's invaluable. As a parent, my you thing have is, to is he's yes. so prolific. I mean, how many you know letter M's and you know <laughs> bugs with googly eyes can you make? <laughs> uh, finally, the Louder Sound website conducted a poll to find out who is the greatest guitarist of all time. Jimi Hendrix came out on top. Over seventy thousand votes were cast. He was followed by Jimmy Page, Eddie Van Halen, Jimmy David Page. Gilmore. Eric Clapton, which I was in New York City this weekend and didn't find out until too late he was playing Madison Square Garden. Uh, I was so pissed. Uh, I would have bought you a ticket for that one. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Brian May, Alex Lifeson, Slash, and Ricky uh, Richie Blackmore rounding out the list. Partly sunny, low 80s today. It is 66 at DVE. All right, Mike Pursuit has got your sports when we return. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports Hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Mike Tomlin met the media as always yesterday and did not want to talk about Antonio Brown and the star receivers' legal issues in Florida. That uh, no surprise, but Tomlin did address kicker Chris Boswell, who missed another extra point in Sunday's 41-17 victory over Atlanta. And for the second time this season, uh, Mike Tomlin gave Chris Boswell a vote of confidence. He said he is not worried about the kicker's sudden inaccuracy. No, we we got a lot of confidence in him. Uh, it's something that he has to work through, and he will. Uh, but this guy didn't forget how to kick. Um, this guy's delivered for us a lot in the last few years, and um, I do not have amnesia in that regard. He's gotten me out of that stadium in Cincinnati a few times, and so I look forward to taking him to Cincinnati. The Steelers will be in Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday to take on the first-place Bengals. That extra point comes in the wake of Danny Smith and Boswell both saying that they had discovered a mechanical slash technical issue and fixed it. And he had done better in the Baltimore game, which preceded the Atlanta game. But uh, the thing I would say to you about that is that you, I think that you and other people look at that like, oh, well, it was supposed to be fixed. Well, you know how it is when you, you, you identify something and you work to fix it. It doesn't mean you don't stop doing it every single time. It's that, you know, you had this habit you're trying to break. He's slowly getting out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying cut him or anything like that, but it, it, it is curious to me that it's sliding back in the other direction. Didn't he show up on the injury report, Mike? Like, he had, like, the the foot that he plants with, was he had some issue yeah, leading was, up to the game? It was nothing. Nothing. He got stepped on. He left practice, so they put him on the report. But okay. It wasn't, uh, not no, significant enough to... It's not injury-related. Excuse that. Accuracy related. I feel though from the games that I've watched, I feel like a lot of kickers are missing extra points. They are. 
Is it just because the distance that is finally catching up with them, or is is there something else going? Yeah, on they there? did. The league didn't want it to be a gimme, so that they got that <laughs> they would force teams to think about going for two. It's just in people's heads. I really think it's a lot of it. The mechanics are between his ears. Yeah, Honestly, I, I and would assume pretty, that happens a lot when these guys lose it a little bit. And a lot of them bounce around. You, you're with one team for a while, then you run into a streak like this, you get cut, and then it happens to somebody else in, in Atlanta, and you end up there for a while. And fresh then, start. Yeah. You ever play golf with your buddies, and then you know you get one close enough, and then people are like, pick it up. It's good. Well, the extra point used to be a pick it up. And now it's yeah. something where you're going to pick it up, and your buddies are going, hold on, hold on. You got to yeah. make that one. That's a good longer than a You got to make yeah. that. <laughs> like, it's that. And so now it's in their heads. So like, you do uh, the one hand thing like you're actually not trying. Right, and you, yes. And then you miss it. And you say, right. oh, you know, right, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right, if I would have concentrated, I'd have made it. Right. Maybe. Well, he's, What'd you get, Judge? <laughs> Six. He won a lot of games for him last year. They're going to need him, I would assume, to I, win a couple this year. It's annoying to and watch he's, guys he's work. He's for one in that category. In, in winning a game for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland game. No bueno. He will uh, be called on to do that, no doubt. And th- this weekend might be the weekend. Yeah, it's a pretty good Bengals team that uh, the Steelers are taking on. I didn't think much of Cincinnati at the start of the year, just based on the what I'd seen the previous season and the, the offseason comings and goings. But uh, very impressive tape against Miami. I forgot or didn't realize, I guess, this is the first time since Shazier's injury. Yes, it is. That they're going back uh, there. Back to Paul Brown Stadium. First time since December the 4th. And uh, they'll have to deal with that. Well, it'll be nice to see him walk on the field because I guarantee yeah. he's going with the team down to that. that oh, yeah, he's there, he's there all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that's uh, to be determined is uh, whether or not Joe Hayden will cover A.J. Green. It's always about the trickle-down effect when you're talking about traveling with someone. Um, not only the physical challenges in terms of the personnel matchups, but – um, when they're moving people, who else are they moving and what does that do? Um, so that's always an element of the equation. If we consider it this week, it will be an element of the equation. Uh, but it's a multi-layered discussion, and it's not just about the person that you're working to neutralize. He always offers that explanation when this subject comes up, and I never understand it. I, it's about the other guys. It, well, how? I mean, if, if Artie Burns can't cover... right. A.J. Green, the other guys are presumably lesser receivers. Mm. If Joe Hayden can't do it, then you play zone and everybody gets everybody, like, you know, or whatever side they line up on. But if you think the guy's a good matchup for the star receiver of the other team, you you do that, right? Well, I took that answer to be him just not wanting to put his cards out on the table. Yeah. And he, he, just, he, he always says this. Maybe that's his defense mechanism for that. I mean, I wouldn't put Joe Hayden – one-on-one against Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill's too fast. Right. And Hayden's not a speed corner. He's a he's a press man, get in your face, disrupt kind of guy. And Julio Jones was a big physical guy. A.J. Green's a very similar body type, similar style of player. I, I don't know why you wouldn't do it this time. Well, they, they may. Yeah. I don't think he's saying he's not going to. Yeah. He's just not telling you that he's definitely going to do it. He always says, you know, uh, that it's situational. He yeah. could say we'll see, and he takes a minute and a half to explain Nothing. Right. <laughs> Which is why he gets so much guff. I mean, I listened to that entire thing again yesterday. We'll have the Tomlin translator a little bit later on this morning. But the amount of words he uses to say nothing it's, never, 
ever fails to impress me. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is... It's almost like he practices it. There were a couple <laughs> answers yesterday concerning Antonio Brown where he said, no comment, and then that was it. And I thought, do that more often. Yeah. Be a really short press conference, yeah. though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Coach, is Joe Hayden going to cover A.J. Green? We'll see. Yeah. Could have said that. Could have said that, didn't. Uh, one little... Uh, Hint of sincerity, at least uh, from where I was sitting, occurred when Mike Tomlin was talking about the Bengals' defensive line. The Steelers cannot afford to let these guys dictate the game. Largely, when you play these guys, uh, new coordinator or no, uh, you can't let their front control the game. The splash plays that are able to be made up front, uh, they got a talented group. Uh, they got big-time depth. And uh, the, the names are pretty familiar. Geno Atkins is as good a tackle as there is in the league. Uh Michael Johnson is a is a long, rangy outside rusher off the end who's got tremendous reach and uh, can cover a lot of ground. And Carlos Dunlop uh, is a guy who separates the ball. What the what the Bengals have done this year with their new defensive coordinator Terrell Austin is they start moving Dunlop away from the tight end, so he flops sides to to get a better matchup. And he bats the ball down. He knocks it out of the quarterback's hands. He's disruptive as hell. Uh, they got a third-round pick out of Ohio State, Sam Hubbard, who uh, is working in on a rotational basis and looks very good. Cincinnati's defensive line scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns against uh, Miami last Sunday. Two. Another game for our big people to win. Yep. You got it. Last week it was the speed rush of the Falcons. This week it's a little everything with Cincinnati, but this defensive line is really good. And one of the ways that you neutralize a really good defensive line is you run the ball at it. Can't let can't throw the ball fifty five times and let those guys just come and come and come and come and tee off. Got to get them a little concerned about the running game. Fortunately, they reminded themselves they have one against Atlanta. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you saw that's why that AB forty seven yard touchdown happened. You know, he, they waited to pop that until was it the third quarter of the game? It was late in the game. Yeah, it was definitely second half. Might have been fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. So at any rate, that's why I think it worked at that point. They had been running it, so they had to keep them honest because they had a uh, you know James Conner having a day out of the yep. backfield there, and all of a sudden, AB breaks through that coverage. That was still God. Hate to keep making a big deal out of that, but they need that so much going forward. It's really the way they're going to get past all of this crap. Yes. You know, a way that they might get past all this crap. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of crap. The Antonio Brown saga continues. Falling out of the sky, apparently. (laughs) I believe we have uh, obtained security camera footage. Yeah, we're have we? Yeah, we're gonna play it later this morning. Yeah, it's good because if we just had the footage, it really wouldn't. Right, you can't see it on the radio. (laughs) Radio, but no, maybe we'll post it online. But we should have that for you later this morning. Penn's getting ready for uh, Vegas on Thursday. They're not gonna have Matt Murray. He suffered a concussion in practice on Monday. Here's. Penn State coach Mike Sullivan. Well, I don't know. It, it's really hard to make uh, any sort of, um, to draw any conclusions uh, with with this stuff because I think everybody's different. And so that's that's been my experience in uh, in dealing with concussions with, with different players over the years. Everybody's different. The nature of these is, is, is different. Um, you know, sometimes players bounce back extremely quick. And, and others tend to uh, linger, and, and it's hard to predict. And so uh, 
I really haven't given much thought or consideration into it at this point. We're hoping Matt will get healthy, and uh, and and when he does, we know he's a very good goalie. Red Sox eliminated the Yankees last night, four to three. Boston advances to take on Houston. Oh, got a little hairy there last night. I went to bed. I didn't. I thought they had it locked up. Yeah, it was four nothing early. Uh, the Yankees got it to within four to two and had the bases loaded with one out in the ninth inning. And uh, Gary Sanchez flied out, which played it another run, and then Glaber Torres grounded out the end of the game. Oh man, they made it interesting. They, Sox they, had the bases loaded in the eighth with one out. They had a chance, but uh, really impressive for Boston to go into the Bronx and win two. If they would have lost that game, it might have been the turnaround of the Dave Roberts stolen base. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been the the return serve on the comeback. Hey, uh, we got to go to a commercial break. We're going to come back. Uh, Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday here, hanging out with us. Merrill Hodge on the show later this morning. Phil Bork, the Tomlin translator. Uh, Mark Madden. And uh, also, we're going to be giving away tickets to that, uh, that tailgate show that, Bill, you're going to be doing. Yep. Along with uh, our friend Sarah Tiana and Steve Ranazisi, the late night tailgate with Bill Crawford. Uh, that is also uh, headed up by Saturday Night Live co-head writer Brian Tucker. This is this is pretty cool. I looked at some of the video of this. This is a fun show. Yeah, it looks like it. For Steeler fans, you're going to love this one. This is next Wednesday night, the 17th. We'll give away a, p- t- a pair of tickets right now. Caller number 17, 333-WDV. It's the DV Morning Show. Hey, your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week, the Pub at Tony Dale in Oakdale. $3.16 ounce Bud Light drafts during all Steeler games, the Pub at Tony Dale. That's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, is uh, hanging out with us here this morning. And uh, your kids are not quite at the... Uh, oh, by the way, Mr. Wednesday theme song. Yeah, like the Friends one? I, uh, yeah, hey, he's, man. He's on that one. And you know why? Talk to the producer. Yeah. I, I don't have it here. You can go yell at the producer. Hey, He's very busy. let's enjoy it while we can. It's That's yeah. right. It's nice weather. Yeah. It's creepy. Don't drag Joe into this. Creepy well, Mr. Wednesday is the theme. No. And it would have been better to play that given what I wanted to ask Jeff about, which is with Halloween coming up here. Is it, you have a, a one-year-old? Three and a one-year-old. Okay. So the three-year-old is almost at the point yeah. where, yeah, you can dress him up. Yeah. I mean, you probably dress up the one-year-old. I do also. it on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> Take him to a pumpkin patch? Yeah. But, uh... You know, when I was trick-or-treating, there was a point when you are too old to trick-or-treat. And it's kind of self-imposed, usually. Very rarely does right. a parent have to intervene. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, like cut you off. Right. Hey, Dad, can I have the car keys? I want to go trick-or-treating. That's never been a conversation that's happened. <laughs> well, there are now a handful of towns where kids over 12 who go trick-or-treating actually get arrested. They aren't messing around. What? Chesapeake, Virginia is one of those towns. They have a statute that says anyone over 12 who goes trick-or-treating can be charged with a misdemeanor that carries a $100 fine. Well, that seems excessive. Now, I don't think this is necessarily for 13-year-olds. It's probably in case some 18-year-olds are running around. Yeah. Uh, But... We definitely trick-or-treated a few times in high school, and it, we definitely shouldn't have. But we In were high ru- school? Yeah. yeah really? The, the mentality, because oh, yeah. I think I did that one time, but the mentality is like way more, <laughs> like uh, I don't know, throat. threatening like, or yeah. something like that. Like you, you know you go in with a half-assed costume. You're like, I'm a guy in a shirt. 
or something yeah. like that. And basically, the it's basically like a stick up because yeah. there's a group of teenagers <laughs> on your porch that you're just like, okay, just don't rip my hearty mums out of the out of the the pots, you know. Like Regent Square is an is a neighborhood with. It's just this small, condensed neighborhood. It's beautiful. And, and as a kid, we could never get more than a street or two. So really, in high school, there was a couple of us that were like, we got to just start at Milton, work our way back in, and get every single house that has candy. So you, this was like a, a challenge for you at this yes. point. It was more about that. Like, yes. let's see what we can actually get here. And what was your costume? I, I have no idea. It, it was, was probably like, like, I'm a football player. No, no, there was a, I had a mask of a face with a knife through it. Like, I'm a jogger. <laughs> but that's at least scary. Somewhat scary. Oh, yeah. No, we were terrifying the little kids. Now that you are the parent handing out candy, what is your attitude towards those kids when they come to your door? Do you um, are you like, yeah, I understand. You're on that last rung. I I know it. Or are you immediately defensive? It depends on their demeanor. If they still seem like they're kind of having wholesome fun, I'm totally fine with it. But yeah. if they have that little kind of thing that I used to have, that little like, yeah, you better give the candy. I almost want to be like, how's your girlfriend? Oh, never mind. You know, like just say some like real <laughs> real negative stuff to them. You know. <laughs> Right. <laughs> just go right to the core. Yeah, I just want to really cut them down as much as humanly possible. It's a nice zit on your chin. <laughs> Take two. I'm sure that Snickers ball will help your complexion. <laughs> Here, have some more potato chips. I, uh, yeah, you never want to get egged. Nope. Toilet papered, anything like that. Like I'm the- never home for Halloween. Me neither. Now, now with kids. Like, I, I'm out. Because you're with your kids during trick-or-treating hours. Right. Yeah. Well, that was always tough because now, since we have to take some, we have to take him out, you know, we basically have to do two two teams. One has to be the stay-at-home team, and the other one has to be the, the, the traveling team. So there's no, there's no unity on Halloween. I was thinking about doing a Banksy thing for Halloween this year where, like, it was a take take one. You know, I'm not here, but take one. And then when kids put their hand in, it just <laughs> shreds like shreds. The- the candy the just is turning the yeah, Reese's pieces exactly <laughs> shreds it right into their now, bag. Okay, well here's the other question: Is how do you feel about like families that all dress up in Halloween costumes, like coordinating? Yeah, coordinating. Oh, all right, it's, it's I did it much. one time, but I I remember my wife was just like, we should dress up as a family for Halloween one year. That's cute. And something she's like, I'm gonna dress up like Belle, and Calvin will be the Beast. And Casey could be blah, blah. And before she could even get done, I chimed in and I was like, and I'll be the candlestick. <laughs> and I could, like something in my mind that just just switched on. It was just like, take it back. Take it back. Take that, th- that statement back. You didn't say that. You didn't just volunteer to be the animated candle from Beauty and the Beast. Isn't the candle kind of... I got to go in the garage. Luminier. There's some stuff that Isn't needs sawn kind of, down there. Isn't the candle kind of dandy? Yeah, he's yeah. he's a he's a foppish dandy. <laughs> and I'll be the, the candle. I'll be Lumiere. <laughs> My son just looks at me and just goes, "Dear God, I thought you would say Gaston." All right. Well, that brings up another question uh, about dressing alike. There's a couple at my church who dressed alike into their like 70s. They wore the same outfit. Not on Halloween. No, all the time. This is a separate th- from Halloween. 
You're not talking just a couple of black Steelers jerseys on no, Sunday. No, 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 no. I mean, they wore matching outfits like they were twins, but they were an older married couple. And my mom used to think it was the sweetest thing in the world. And I uh, was more of the opinion that they are not much different than a cult. Yeah, I think that's okay for twin children up until around the age of five. And then after that, you got to shut it down. You're going to give them a complex. Yeah, I got to hear a little bit more about their backstory. Like, was it Keller coordinated to tell them what day it was? I, you know? <laughs> I mean, they wore loud outfits that matched all the time. And my uh, my mom used to love it and, and, and saw it as the sign of unity and how great their marriage was. And I was always like, it kind of feels creepy to me. Well, listen, your entire life, you're searching for a hook. A personality that you feel like society can glom onto, and then you eventually define yourself at that. So obviously, at some point in these people's lives, they must have got good feedback on the occasion that they wore the same outfit, and then that just became their personality evermore. They I went if- to Kennywood one day, and they were like, you know what? Why only make this one day a year? Let's do these outfits every day. I wonder if one of them was not as into it as the other and had to constantly be talked back into the idea. Like the wife was I'll like, I'll bet it was the man. <laughs> you would think. You would think. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. There's no way. What do you say These we don't dress alike running. for the first time in 30 years? And I don't know. Maybe I'll get an erection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sounds hey, good to me. Congratulations, no, sweetheart. That's the last thing I want. Yeah. Congratulations to Daniel and Charleroi. Daniel's off to see Bill Crawford, along with uh, Sarah Tiana and Steve Ranazisi, at the Late Night Tailgate, coming up next Wednesday night at the Byam Theater, talking NFL and uh, all kinds of college football and all this stuff. So that'll be a a good time, for sure. Um, But you'll be... It's the bye week, right? So hopefully, you'll be... Basking in the Steelers' two-game winning streak at that point, you'll be. You, that's Basking. how you get your Steelers fix. You're going yeah. through some Steelers withdrawal. Uh, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, what do you got coming up? I got uh, a couple shows coming up. Uh, not this weekend, but next week, I'm I'm going to be at the Markle VFW with uh, Sean Blackham. That's out in Apollo. But then this weekend, I'm pretty excited because uh, they're just getting the Hambones uh, uh, kind of comedy club up. It's going to mm-hmm. be called the Burning Bridges Comedy Club. So they're treating it like a comedy club. So I'm doing two shows down at Hambones at eight o'clock. And then at ten thirty, that's down Gosh. in Lawrenceville. So again, they're trying to basically make this like the uh, comedy cellar of uh, of Pittsburgh. It's in a hip neighborhood. You can go hang out. There's a bunch of cool bars there. Hambones is a great bar itself. But uh, it come is. down and check that out. Great bar, great food too, uh, and a great room for comedy. Yeah, yeah it really is it's excellent. All right, good deal. All right, uh, Val's got your news when we return. Merrill Hodge, seven forty five. Tomlin translator, Mark Madden, and more coming up. DV. TMZ reporting Antonio Brown is being sued for an incident that happened last April. According to the lawsuit, A.B. went into a fit of rage in his 14th floor luxury apartment in Florida and started trashing the place and throwing stuff out the window. Yikes. A man named Ophir Sternberg is suing, saying his 22-month-old son was on the ground with his grandfather when all this stuff started coming out the window and landing around them within like a foot or two. So if this went down the way the guy says, they were hanging out down by the pool, and all of a sudden, furniture from the 17th floor starts flying 14th. out. 14th floor starts flying out the window. Oof. I mean, it's possible he is on a lot of HGTV shows. He might have thought he was on a flip that house thing where he had to actually just do it himself. No, we didn't mean flip out in your house. Call God, He's- and then call my lawyer. I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> God, can you recommend a lawyer? <laughs> 
Randy <laughs> Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I, I really have no... Uh, yeah, it is so bizarre, this entire scenario. I have an update, by the way. Oh, really? Well, yeah. you know, also, we have, uh, I've been uh, told, we have the security camera footage oh. of what happened. Okay. And so we're, we're trying to get the audio portion of that cleaned up to play for you now. Okay. So we'll have Good. that uh, hopefully uh, within the hour. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Center 11. It's 66 degrees now at DVE. So a couple more facts came out yesterday after the show about the Antonio Brown scandal. He's facing not one but two lawsuits in South Florida as a result of that incident in April in which he was throwing furniture vases out of a 14th story apartment. Uh, The two-year-old boy uh, nearly hit on the ground by some of those items. One lawsuit was filed by the father of the two-year-old boy, the other filed by the owner of the apartment building because A.B. refused to pay for the damages to the apartment. Hmm. Apparently he trashed the inside of the apartment too. This was not like a crappy... No, this is a... I mean, it's A.B. Luxury. Yeah. I think from what I remember reading, it was like and I could be wrong, it was like 35 grand a month or something. Yeah. That's that sounds not, like AB. That's not bad. That, uh, is that a two-bedroom or? We found out yesterday also what might have sparked that rampage. He reportedly called police the day before to report someone stole $80,000 and a gun out of the apartment while he was out of town. He had moved into the apartment after splitting from his girlfriend a couple weeks prior. According to a story on Channel 11's website, he had the money in a backpack in his closet. He went out of town. When he came back, he found that the apartment had been cleaned and laundry put away. Uh, And then he found the money missing and the gun. There is security video of several people coming and going from the apartment. Uh, So the next day is when the flip out occurred and he threw all the stuff out of the window and then the day after that, he called police to report his Rolls Royce was stolen. <laughs> but when police got there, he said, I found it. And found it. From the, re- from the report, it. it sounds like he just shut the door in their Slammed face. Slammed the door. I, I threw a couch on it. Sorry, I couldn't see it. It was buried in the pillows. I mean, what? You know, AB a- a- having a gun, I mean, I would think even the most libertarian uh, of those out there who don't believe in any gun restriction laws wouldn't think AB should have a gun. You know, that's probably one thing that could bring everyone together. Yeah, we can all agree on that. AB shouldn't have a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I go out of town, I always put my backpack of cash in a safe. I don't you just, just leave, leave it. it. Yeah, I don't leave it in the closet. With your pumas in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> With my pumas. I want to know what happened to the Rolls Royce and why did he think it was stolen? Because he's out of his mind. He, it was probably when, right where he left it. He just didn't know where he left it. I think when you're on that level and you're doing the things that he's doing and you have the size team you have, things like this happen a lot. This is all self-imposed, though. He doesn't no need doubt. to have any of this. No, but, I mean, when you have an entourage or people on your payroll, how many people are in and out and... Yeah, apparently these women had cleaned his house before or whatever, and there was a maintenance guy who went in to do something. And Did you see anything in the story where these lawsuits were like for $15,000 yeah, or something? Yeah, the, the, the like, father was fifteen grand. i am like, that's... Why, why is this a story? Right, why didn't why he would pay he, that off in a second? Exactly. He could have paid that out of his backpack. Yeah. Because I don't think... Several times. He, He's not... With it. Just, he's... Yeah. 
He's so he out to lunch all the time. To call him aloof is a compliment. Like he, if if any of us did that, flipped out in our apartment, threw stuff, almost hit somebody. Like I'm almost positive, any one of us would be fired, and from in our jail, job and probably facing criminal charges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Uh, criminal charges are the ones. It's it's tricky. I mean. What are you going to Well, endangerment. Yeah. You can't throw ottomans out of a 14-floor window. Imagine if something terrible would have happened there. Yeah, He's I, such a bonehead. It very easily could have turned into something awful. Coach Tomlin, for his part, said he didn't no know anything comment. about no. it. And, yeah. But we'll, we'll get to the Tomlin translator in a little bit here. And, and figure out if, whether he did or he didn't. What in the? I have a I have a feeling that this is a guy who's going to have no money after he's done playing. Every he's going to be one of those, you know. Yep. Everybody says this about AB. If there's one thing that most people who spend a lot of time with AB agree on, it's that um, that guy is going to blow through all of his cash. If you can't keep track of eighty grand, think how many times he's lost twenty. What does he? How much does he make a season? What's do we know his salary? Like seventeen sure. or eighteen? Man, that is just. I mean, endorsements though. He makes a lot of money. Oh yeah, he's got yeah, he's Pepsi got, endorsement. He has to say Pepsi and he's got. <laughs> do, I'm sure he get paid for the Madden cover, and that's probably a ton of money. He signed a sixty-eight million dollar deal after the t- 2016 season with nineteen million in signing bonuses. Um, I mean, can you ima- can Pe- you ima- Pepsi's I mean- got to do a commercial where he throws one out the 14th window, right? And then someone's just sitting down, or he he's so fast it. he can run down all 14 floors and catch it in the chair, the pool chair, just sitting there, booming. <laughs> and then he crushes it yeah. and I mean, throws that's- it at a kid. <laughs> he pours <laughs> it over the top of his head. <laughs> just he opens it and it explodes all over the kid. <laughs> I mean, this guy just leaves eighty grand in a bag, and it's I mean that's life changing for people. One of the memes yeah. in the NFL and on this team is secure the bag. Like if anybody gets a big contract, they go, "Oh, we got paid." Secure the bag. AB did not get that memo. He did not secure the bag. <laughs> no, he did not secure the bag. A Westmoreland County woman is accused of leaving her 11-year-old son home alone to get drunk. Trafford police say Tina Gongloff's son was yelling at passing vehicles and trying to fight people this past weekend at 5th and Cavett Avenue. The child admitted to drinking nine mini bottles of whiskey. He had a blood alcohol content five times the legal limit. An 11-year-old. Gongloff is charged with endangering the welfare of children and recklessly endangering another person. Some Frontier Airlines passengers have uh, quite a story about a two-hour delay in their flight to Cleveland. The flight was from Orlando to Cleveland and was put on hold last night when a passenger tried to bring a squirrel on board, claiming it was her emotional support animal. Okay. This is is Schubert's bit played out to a ridiculous level. Police were eventually called to get the woman off the plane when she refused to give up the rodent, making matters worse. Everybody had to deplane because oh, she wouldn't get she wouldn't get lady. up the squirrel and she wouldn't get off the plane. <laughs> so officials are wheeling her on a wheelchair through the airport. She's giving everybody the bird because they're booing her. You know, someone wanted to just break that squirrel's neck real quick. Like right. we're good, Captain. Let's go. You can't train a squirrel. No, <laughs> cannot. A squirrel isn't comforting. You ever looked at a squirrel and thought, "Oh, that's relaxing." 
It's that they're like a, a little animal panic attack. <laughs> where are the acorns? I gotta find an acorn. I gotta, where'd I find? Where'd I hide my acorns? Somebody stole a bag of eighty thousand acorns. That's what you want—a squirrel running around the plane. <laughs> well, because then if somebody else has a therapy dog, squirrel, right, squirrel, it just yeah. like turns into the Could park. Go really bad. Yeah. Your therapy animal ate my therapy animal. <laughs> Do you need a confidence boost? Just a little pick-me-up. Uh, it seems like it's really just the little things that can make the most impact. A new survey found out just what those little things are. Americans' top 10 confidence boosters, 64% say a new haircut will do it. If people no? compliment my squirrel, I usually get <laughs> hey, a nice, little extra. Hey, yo. Nice squirrel. Is that code? <laughs> How's yes, your pants, squirrel? <laughs> Ew. Uh, 56% say wearing a new outfit. That's if you feel good in it. If you feel and uncomfortable yeah. in it, it's not and a not it's getting terrorized not about a it. Boost. Fifty-three uh, percent say doing a good deed for someone else gives them a confidence boost. It's a confidence. Yeah, it makes you feel good. Yeah. Uh, listening to one of your favorite songs, exercising, shopping. Again, not feeling pretty I, confident. <laughs> I got a great deal. <laughs> Talking to a close friend, receiving a compliment for your from your boss, that one for sure. Knowing you smell good, <laughs> I just know it. <laughs> I don't even have to be told. Here's the problem: a lot of people think they smell good, and whatever they did to smell good makes them just hard to be around. Like the people who like overdo it with, with the cologne axe. and stuff. Oh, they take an axe shower, dunk in a barrel of jacar i don't i don't wear perfume that often but but when i do i wonder if people can even smell it and then i wonder why am i wasting my money and people aren't telling me that i smell good uh yeah you smell good val is it it's i don't think (laughs) it's for that confidence boost yeah i don't think it's it's cool for guys to wear uh cologne anymore is it maybe it never was i don't know I, I think it's one of those things. It depends like on it. where you are and what you're doing. She I, likes it. I think mm, you smell what is, like a man. What is Tim's oh, you smell like a man, she little, said. Little mm. cool water? What's he rocking? Uh, I forget what he... Little aqua he doesn't, he doesn't really wear it very often. I think Some the curve. last thing that... I bought him something. I don't even remember what it was. It was Some so polo sport? I always you found tell it. I, wear, uh, I used to wear a lot of... A lot of cologne. How many... Eternity? Dude, what, many, did, what uh, did your cologne farm look like on your dude, dresser? We had a shelf. Me and my brother had a shelf <laughs> together. Come it was right. It on. was right above our Iowa uh, stereo, and it was we had everything. Did you have a lot of Italian horn necklaces? Uh, no, just one. Sex just Panther. One. Yes, sixty percent of the time it, it works, works every, every time. time. I used to when I still lived at home. I used to put uh, perfume in the refrigerator because they said the scent lasted longer. Ooh. My mom was like, what is this doing Game in, the, changer. in the refrigerator? Sometimes you would do too much. Eternity like you had to have a good... That'd be great. And then you, you know. try to go out for the night and you accidentally put mustard on. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? It's balsamic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but sometimes ladies wear stuff that makes them smell like chocolate. I never understood that. I'm like, yeah, the like what is this? Food-scented I'm like, you smell I'm like chocolate. A... And they're like, yeah. The only food-scented right. stuff I like is hand soap. Do you have soap. chocolate? <laughs> I do not. Which food scent? I'm sorry. Hand soap. You like do if you, like or if you don't. You, yeah, if you get like uh, 
almond ham hand soap or something like that. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I don't know. It's just so nice. It's like <laughs> I don't know if you get like a nice to almond <laughs> soap. You know, just something kind of almondy. Or, you know. <laughs> App back in Tosh Appleson. <laughs> you have very specific this smells is, that you're into. Val is this like, is you know, but I'm not, not perfume. Get, this is her happy place not right now. Body spray. Talking about some a nice just I don't know grapefruit. Just, I mean, can we some nice grapefruit? Val just scrub? Want, she just would like you to smell like a fruit plate. That's all it is. She's like, if you could smell like a continental breakfast. No, but not the cucumber melon body spray from Bath and Body Works was huge, huge. for a while. In the 90s? Back in the 90s, yeah, in early 2000s. Oh, it may yeah. still be. I don't know. I don't buy it anymore, but. Is it like a Miami Vice smell? No, you would know the smell if you smelled it. It was very big. Look, I'm, not, I'm for anything that smells like a picnic, generally. <laughs> Baked beans? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Mmm. Bushes. Eau <laughs> <laughs> mm. de beans. Yummy. I don't know, man. I mean, I was never much of a cologne guy. There was definitely the when I was 16 or whatever, or 14. No, but Jakar was like... It, it, Paco Rabanne. Uh, it was like you thought it was some magical elixir. You're like, can you believe this? Dude. Oh, it's so chic. It had uh, a black bottle. It's like we're like living in Bright Lights Big City. Look at us. <laughs> Oh yeah, Calvin Klein Eternity was my my jam for a minute. Yeah, I wore Eternity for women for a while. I it never like, did. Yeah, it's like an elixir. Wait, oh my god, you smell good. I go mostly with the Old Spice <laughs> now, that? you know. Brute Old Spice or mm. Paco Rabanne. <laughs> a little old Twilight. Maybe the only person. I am the only reference. person. <laughs> Anytime um, Val has a Pee Wee or a Laverne and Shirley reference, I'm I'm here for you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Joe Perry is not sitting around waiting for Aerosmith to get back to work. He'll uh, get back on the road next month as Joe Perry and friends with the help of his what Aerosmith. What do you think he smells like? Um, leather. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. A leather Hairspray. glove. <laughs> he smells like Aquanet. Ben Gay and leather. <laughs> Brad Whitford going to be in the band and extreme singer Gary Sharon. He'll get things going November 30th in Sioux City, Iowa and do 10 shows through mid-December. Closest he'll get to Pittsburgh <laughs> is Philly on December 5th at the Electric Factory. Partly sunny, low 80s today. It's 65 at DVE. Merrill Hodge will be up at uh, 745 today. Also the Tomlin Translator. We have audio of the uh, the security footage from AB's furniture freakout. Everything must go! <laughs> also, Mark Madden later on this morning. And uh, Phil Bork will talk about what's going on with the Penguins and Matt Murray, his latest injury. Pissed that Flower's not going to play when they're here on uh, Thursday night. Oh, no. He's going to be playing the night before, I believe, in Washington. So uh, Fleury will be on the bench. They asked him about it, if he's upset that he's going to be on the bench when they play in Pittsburgh. And he said, I sat on the bench a lot in Pittsburgh. <laughs> There he is. There's it, our guy. That's the guy we know and love. Uh, the Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge is back at DVE.com. Grand prize for this week. Tickets to the Steelers-Browns game. Plus a $50 Sheets gift card. Good deal. Head to DVE.com for rules and registration. Got to submit your lineup by 1255 Sunday, October 14th. The Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge is back at DVE.com. DVE. 
Sports. All right, here's Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Coach Tomlin speaking with the media yesterday. And talking about those uh, new and improved Cincinnati Bengals sports this hour brought to you by Blackish on my 22. You know, the NFL is a, a league in which many things change from uh, week to week, let alone from season to season. Uh, there's not a lot of constant, but it used to be that you could pretty much count on the Bengals being the Bungles at some point. Uh, Cincinnati would... Uh, They'd mess it up. Eventually, find shoot a, themselves in the foot. Find a way to lose, and uh, that hasn't been happening this year. Mike Tomlin has noticed. They're a hot football team. Uh, they're four and one. They found ways to win close games, and that's what good teams do. You got to respect that. Uh, they were able to come from behind a week ago against Miami and secure victory. Uh, they put together a late offensive drive against the Atlanta Falcons and secure victory. They won in week one as they came from behind. Uh, to beat the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, they're playing uh, when they have to play. They're making uh, timely plays and uh, impactful plays when games are hanging in the balance. Uh, If you look at the overall numbers, uh, the Bengals rank 17th in total offense and 25th in total defense. That should impress no one. But uh, in the opener against the Colts, uh, the Bengals outscored the Colts 17-0 in the fourth quarter and won 34-23. A couple weeks ago in Atlanta, the Bengals were losing late. They uh, drove 75 yards in 16 plays, 4 minutes and 8 seconds, converted two fourth downs, and eventually won the game on a touchdown pass to A.J. Green with 7 seconds left. Beat the Falcons 37-36. And then last week, uh, fell behind Miami 17 to nothing. Outscored the Dolphins 24 to nothing in the fourth quarter and won 27-17. That was pretty incredible. I thought that game was out of hand. And their defensive line is what really turned it, uh, making splash plays, turning Ryan Tannehill over, and uh, an interception return for a touchdown and a fumble return for a touchdown. Both plays were similar in that the ball just kind of popped out of Tannehill's hands or was forced. One, he tried to throw it and hit his lineman in the head doing the Blake Bortles, and uh, Carlos Dunlap chased him down from behind on the second, and it popped up in the air, and... Sam Hubbard ran it back. Uh, they uh, they got a little belief going right now. And uh, here come the Steelers. So I wonder if the Bengals are embracing this or thinking, oh, no, these guys. Just when we're getting good. Yeah, I mean, it would be great if we could maybe play the Browns again right now. <laughs> but they're on the upswing. I mean, they just beat the Ravens. You know, they got their own division win. The AFC North is going to be a battle again this yep. year. It always is. Yeah. You know, they're not happy about having to play the Steelers this weekend. That's what I'm saying. I wonder if they're wishing it was somebody else. Oh, I thought you meant the Steelers were. Uh, no. I you meant the other way around. No, the Bengals think, oh, finally got our got our bleep together. And we're all I thought you were saying the Royals. Steelers finally got their bleep together. Because yeah. they may no, have. No, they got to play the Steelers with 17-2 and at Paul Brown Stadium. I mean, that's been a constant in a league of change. The Steelers go there and win. Merrill Hodge is going to be yeah. out in about 10 minutes. I'm going to ask him more in depth about the Joe Hayden, A.J. Green dynamic and whether that should happen again this weekend like it did with Julio Jones yeah, last week. It absolutely weekend. should happen. Because he really did a great job yes. uh, of shutting down Julio Jones. And as you pointed out yesterday, Mike, A.J. Green listed the top five toughest guys he's ever had to go against. And, Joe and Hayden's on the list. He's number two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the fam- the familiarity he has with them just from being in the AFC North pre-Steelers would lead you to believe that that that, that should definitely happen. Yeah. Now that it didn't happen with Julio Jones when Jones went in the slot, and the Bengals aren't going to be shy about lining up AJ Green in the slot either. They will they will try to avoid that matchup when they can. And um, 
just watching them play a couple times, Green and Andy Dalton have uh, the mental telepathy thing going. They know how uh, w- how they're going to react in situations. When the plays break down and Dalton has to escape the pocket, A.J. Green knows where to go and Dalton knows where he's going to be. And they're, they're playing the way Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown have in the past and the way they need to consistently again. The interesting thing is this being the first time they've played since the Ryan Shazier injury uh, at Paul Brown Stadium, and that game was one of the most violent I've ever watched, and it may have been a big part, as Mike Tomlin has suggested, of why they are sort of curbing the rules right now to better protect players from headshots in particular. But It's going to be real interesting how they officiate that game. Yes. Tomlin was asked about that yesterday, how the new rules will affect the way the Steelers and Bengals play one another. He said, "I don't know that they will." And I, <laughs> In other, you know, worse. I think they'll just that, be more fines this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> not not changed play. Well, the Tomlin translator will parse through his words, and we'll figure out what he really meant. Injury front: uh, L.J. Fort's dealing with an ankle. Terrell Edmonds with a calf. Vince Williams was out. In the Atlanta game with a hamstring, as was Darius Hayward Bay with an ankle and Morgan Burnett groin. Mike Tomlin said they will let practice be their guide on all these guys in terms of availability. This is I'm really starting to look forward to this game. Perfect, uh, able to make any impact? Not last week. He looked fat and uh, slow. Good, tremendous. So his first game back. Uh, I talked to a couple Steelers people about him yesterday. They're expecting a lot better from him because he's playing the Steelers. But he, he was not a not a factor in the Miami game. He's just kind of out there. You know that's not going to be the case when the black and gold's on the field. I would assume he'll be no better. No way. I would assume he'll be better. Penguins are trying to deal with uh, another injury to goaltender Matt Murray. This one, a concussion, suffered in Monday's practice. Murray is out indefinitely. In the meantime, it's Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jerry to the rescue. Well, they're good goalies. You know, we believe in these guys. You know, they're young guys, but uh, they certainly, their body of work last year was uh, was very strong. They, they won games for us. Uh, we believe these guys can make the timely saves for us to help us win. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it's at times like these where we've got to rely on uh, we've got to rely on our depth and, and, and we believe in the group that we have. So, um, you know, I, I, I think both Casey and Tristan have shown that they're NHL caliber goalies. That was Penn's head coach Mike Sullivan. Jason Mackey detailing uh, Murray's tales of woe in today's Post-Gazette. Third concussion in 30 months. And it's Murray's eighth injury since he made his NHL debut in December of 2015. Not great. Not the kind of track record you're looking for your goaltender to establish. No. But, uh, on, Especially with the concussions, man. On they go. Uh, Red Sox beat the Yankees 4-3 to three last night. It got real interesting in the ninth inning when the Yankees scored two and still had the bases loaded. But Boston finishes off New York in four games and advances to play Houston in uh, the American League Championship Series. In the National League, it'll be the Dodgers against the Brewers. They start on Friday night. Then they'll play again on Saturday afternoon in the uh, Sox and Astros will play on Saturday night. If the World Series goes to seven games, guys, Game 7 will be played on Wednesday, October 31st. Ooh. Right down to the wire on the uh, October yeah. thing there, you know? Halloween. Nobody has to worry about being Mr. November yet. <laughs> That's coming. 
Man, oh. do these seasons go so damn long. Because it's money. Yeah. Hockey and baseball in particular are way too long. Merrill Hodge joins us when we come back, and we'll talk a little bit about the matchups that will best work for the Steelers as they head to Cincinnati this week. And you can hear all of the action here on your radio home of the Steelers starting at 9 a.m. Sunday before that 1 o'clock kickoff. Benzie, along with Dale Lawley and Rob King, handed off to Mike Pursuta. Bob Labriola and Jerry Dulac and then it's the triumvirate of Steeler Broadcasting with Bill Hillgrove, Tunch Elkin and Craig Woofley that's a 1 o'clock kickoff Sunday, Steelers Bengals here on DV it's the DVE morning show talking Steeler football right now with our good friend Merrill Hodge ladies and gentlemen one and only what's up Merrill Oh, stop it. Hey, when this. Oh, no, yeah, right? <laughs> Let me tell you what. When the Steelers win, you know, we're feeling pretty good right now. And I think the thing, Merrill, that made us the most excited about the way the Steelers won was that we thought it was going to be a shootout and you just have to hold yeah. serve. But here, Joe Hayden, uh, TJ Watt, and the defense come out, put on a dominating performance against a pretty explosive offense that uh, they had there in Atlanta. Wh- what did you see in what Joe Hayden did and how he was able to neutralize Julio Jones? I don't think he had anything until the, late in the game. You know, honestly, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When you go back and you watch it on tape, you know, first of all, when they had the, the times they have struggled, you know, we talk about, well, they didn't get any pressure on him. You know, there was busts in the secondary. Well, those things work hand in hand. I mean, I'll tell you this, they absolutely just dominated the line of scrimmage. Um, it's hard in the NFL to get free blitzers. And I think I counted three or four times they got a free blitzer where he wasn't accounted for. Uh, I'm just telling you this, in the, in the NFL, just because it's so meticulous and they're, you know, you got pros on the other side. I mean, you work so hard at that opponent. You got tape on them. You got all these situations, um, tendencies, you know. You just don't do that every day. You know, that's, that's hard to do that. Well, they had that. You know, they won battles, and that helped the secondary. You know, and I'll tell you this, the secondary in the back end, when they were in man or they were in zone, I'm telling you, it's like they knew what was coming. I, You know, and, and that, I would expect that from a divisional opponent a little bit, but not a team that you see, what, every two or three years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to tell you what, it was, it was, that was not the same team that we had been watching in, the, in their two losses or the losses that they had had and struggled in the secondary, you know. But now the real key is to keep doing that. You right. Know, it's just one game, and you just got to keep doing that. But they were great at the line of scrimmage when they played man. I thought their zone concepts, they were spaced right. People passed things off. They did their job. I mean, it was it was not the same <laughs> same defense that um, my fans have been been watching. It was it was impressive from about every aspect. Even more so, given that Vince Williams was out, and this is a guy who's usually, you know, calling the plays back there. And communication yeah. improved, even though he wasn't there. Yeah. Well, I would tell you this, um, you know, and I, I, I don't I, listen. I'm not going to tell you. I can't hear him on the tape. I can just tell you this: the way they played in the back end, and even the linebackers. See, the linebackers are oftentimes forgotten. You know, they're a vital part of of coverage. You know. They were outstanding. Um, I thought, um, you know, the defensive line as a whole. I mean, everybody had moments where they were they were collapsing the pocket. Um, you know, I've never seen Matt Ryan actually look so bad. I'll be, I'll be honest. You can tell he was rattled. You know, he missed some throws where he did have guys, you know, as far as an NFL standard open. You know, right. he just completely missed. You know, he uh, he was not on um, 
Well, that pressure rattled. that pressure rattled him, no doubt about it. And T.J. Watt, who's now leading the league, tied with his brother for uh, in sacks right now. How much of what he's able to do is as a, a result of him shifting as much as he has, you know, over to the left side. I know they bounce him around a little bit, but you know, primarily coming from the left side this year. Yeah, you know, I I, I wouldn't know, you know, Randy. I tell you this: it, um, what's interesting about that switch is, you know, I think people sometimes think uh, let's use running backs, for example, like a running back, like a fullback who's in a three-point stance all the time, that's a different world than standing in the eye formation at eight, eight and a half yards deep in a two-point stance. The, the, the game is different. Um, the whole, just the whole atmosphere is different. So to do both of those is not easy. It does, not everybody can do that. So linebacker, where I'm getting at, linebacker playing, you know, a strong side or a weak side or inside or outside, I mean, they're all different. They're different worlds, they're different mm-hmm. things, they're different concepts and things that you have to be good at. Now, maybe um, being on that side, that um, there's some, maybe there's something about it that he likes better or fits him better. I, I can just tell you this, he's, he, listen, he, he's only his second year, but he has, he's obviously a true pro. Listen, when you're not playing well, your team's not playing well, all you can control is you and how you play. And from that perspective, I think that he's almost just taking it on himself that, He's got to play better. You know, just how you just see the intensity in which he plays with. Not that he doesn't play with intensity because he always does, but there's just a certain level of energy that you you saw last, you know, the last couple games with him and how he's played. Now, maybe the left side, you know, he gets off the ball better. I don't know. That's something he would only know. Um, I can't tell that on tape. I just, I know there's a certain level of energy in him and how he plays that, um, that has has elevated himself. Hey, Merrill, what's the better way to deal with a penetrating defensive line? Scheme it or run the ball at it? Well, you know, the Steelers have some wham stuff. You know, we I think it's a little bit of both. I don't think you can ever do one thing. Um, you know, it's a good question from a, a scheme perspective. I, uh, you know, sometimes, um, you know, when you get guys that, that really penetrate well and like to get off the ball, you try to use that against them. You know, let's let's not try to, you know, bang our head against the wall, especially they're really good at it. You know, and Cincinnati has a good defensive line, which you might be referring to. Um, I am. You can take advantage of them. You know, listen, we – teams like that, we would say, listen, we'll let, let them think about it. You know, do a couple whams or traps early in the game. You know, um, um, make them play laterally versus just let them play their game. You know, run get on the perimeter a little bit do some wham stuff, do some screen. I mean, you can do some things play-wise to make them play out of their element, you know, and then later in the game you come at them, you know. So there's a variety of things you can do, and I, I think sometimes, especially with their defensive line, um, because they do, they, they they got some players there. They've got the, you know, Geno Atkins is back to his old ways. He's a, he's a heck of a football player, and, you know, he's probably one of the guys you're referring to. Is He's always getting penetration. He's so quick off the ball. So I think there's scheme-wise some things you can do to obviously help them get in his head. But then, you know, you got to line up and play, too. You know, you're going to have to block him at times, too. Merrill, if you were Keith Butler, Mike Tomlin, would you put Joe Hayden on A.J. Green this weekend like you did with Julio Jones last? Um, you know, I guess I, I, I think it's easy to say that from, a um, you know, just a talent aspect or who they are. Um, that's hard to say because, you know, if I'm sitting in those meetings – what does Cincinnati do? You know, it may not be exactly what Atlanta does based on where they align you and how it fits the Steelers, you know, how it fits Joe Hayden and how they want to play. 
So that might be different, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see him there. You know, um, but then you're going to need what you need. You got it against Atlanta. Your defensive line, it all comes down to them a lot oftentimes. As it does on offense, it's offensive line. We always, as soon as they play well, we forget talking about them. <laughs> but they play well. You know, I'm just telling you, was, I can't think of one time Matt Ryan really stood back there. You know, and I, and I, I got the way my machine's set up, I can just run through all the, play, all the pass plays. I don't have to look at any runs. I can do those separately. I don't remember a time that I thought he ever looked comfortable. Like he really had time to set his feet. Now that's that's really your goal this week, you know. Obviously every week, but um, mm-hmm. you do that, that'll help your back end, especially with with Green and the stuff they do do with him. And they got guys out of the backfield that are well, so does Atlanta, but they got guys out of the backfield they use effectively as well. What What do you think was the reason for James Connor's big week? <laughs> well. He got more than nine times. <laughs> That's first and foremost. I mean, I'm just telling you, as a runner, that is so. You know, I'm going to tell you this. James Conner is an interesting story, and something I think that oftentimes uh, forgot. Um, first of all, I thought he ran like a man possessed, and you're you're seeing a guy who's coming. Listen, I think people forget he came off, you know, a knee injury, you know, in surgery. So that takes a little time. Now, the reason I say that, you go back and look at his senior year when he, or I think it was his senior year when he's coming out of pit. I can't remember if he came out as a, as a junior, but he's last year. Mm-hmm. If you watched him at the beginning of the year versus the end of the year, if I took the jerseys off and just made it blank, and I'm like, um, look at this guy, and then look at this guy, you'd think they're two different guys. And the reason for that is, you know, the guy went through, you know, brutal chemotherapy. When you go through that, it takes you almost an entire year or two to really recover from that. And you saw him at the end of the year being completely different than he was in the first year. And, I, and the reason I know that, I can speak from experience. I, I just know how the body is and tell you how long it takes to really recover from that brutal battle. Well, when I look at the combination of that, then his knee injury, and when I was watching him uh, play in that game, I mean, I'm telling you, there was a, a burst and a quickness to him that is going to just get better. You know, this guy's gone through a lot. You know, his body, you know, that knee injury, the combination of that, you can see him getting healthier and healthier. Um, and listen, they did a great job up front too. Those guys get ignored all the time. You know, they didn't have their best day um, a week ago. They had a pretty good day against Atlanta. I mean, they had people moving all over the place. Um, no, I don't think I saw anybody on the other side of the line of scrimmage, but maybe one or two times. Um, they moved people, and I'll tell you this: when you do that, a back's responsibility. You better break tackles. You better break tackles and make extra yards. And I'll tell you this: James Conner did that in, I mean, epic fashion. I mean, he was breaking tackles, getting through holes. Arm tackles weren't bringing him down. Um, Boy, he was quick through the hole, athletic through the hole, nimble. I mean, I just, I was impressed. I mean, he was, he touched it more than nine times, and that always helps. Yeah, Randy (laughs) Feigner even said so. Randy Feigner said the week before, Merrill, you know, it was kind of on him for not getting James heated up, and those guys needed to get warmed up, and they certainly did that on the first drive. No doubt. Merrill Hodge. Going too. Merrill, always a pleasure. Thanks, man. Appreciate your time this love morning. Love you guys. All right, All love right. you back. Have a great See you, brother. Merrill Hodge, this morning on DV Steelers, Bengals Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff. Be interesting to see what they do. I mean... It's easy to say, well, it worked with Julio Jones. You just yeah. do it to A.J. Green. Well, and he's done a, Hayden's done this before. Even in Cleveland, he's done this. It's it's obvious, I think. The point on James Conner, though, in, especially with Ben saying yesterday, yep, I'm going to make sure he gets the ball as much as possible, even if Lev does come back. I mean, they're starting to 
This is not a hurry up and come back, Lev, situation like we this thought it was going to be. This hasn't been since day one. They've liked, they really liked Connor coming out of training camp. He's got to stack some games now, yeah. too. Well, that they run all, game. They all do. Right. I mean, but it's. I'm going to go back to what I said in early September. If they don't win the Super Bowl this year, it's not going to be because they have James Conner instead of Le'Veon Bell. It's going to be something else. Listen up. You get Bell back, you use them both, but you use Bell more. Listen for your cue to text at the top of this hour. After the break here, you could win 1000 bucks in workforce cash. The Tomlin Translator on the way. Val's News next on D. This is a bizarre story. A Georgia man going to the big house after apparently trying to compete with Waffle House. He was peddling a boatload of stolen waffle mix on the black market. According to the police report, though, the 33-year-old had a stream of buyers that would contact him for the waffle mix and he would provide it. He is known, this is from the police report, he is known as the seller of waffle mix. Great nickname. Wow. That's like a Harry Potter villain. I just think the idea of some low-level employee like coming into the distribution center office like breathless and be like, the batter bags. The batter bags are gone. All the batter bags. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle on the show earlier. He's going to be at Hambones this weekend. Yeah, go check him out. That's a great venue. It's going to be a great show. It's a, it's a new spot for comedy down in Lawrenceville and he's doing two shows on on Saturday night 8 o'clock and I think 10.30. To be clear Hambones is an institution on Butler Street. It has been there a long time and they've done an awesome job of uh, being uh, A, a great bar that has awesome food by the way and B, a great haven for artists and uh, comedy music and everything and they're really putting a focus on comedy now so that's pretty cool. And they have a whole separate room for the shows and and you can go down there and check it out, and uh, I highly recommend it. Yep. All right, Val's got your news right now. What's going on, Valerie? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Central 11. It's 68 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Citizens Bank. Today is World Mental Health Day. The observance is meant to raise awareness for mental health education and advocate against the social stigma surrounding mental health problems. It was first celebrated in 1992. About 1 in 25 Americans have lived with a serious mental health problem like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, or depression. And the most common mental illness is anxiety disorder. Allegheny County will not be raising property taxes as part of next year's budget. Executive Rich Fitzgerald presented his $932 million spending plan yesterday to Allegheny County Council. It is a 2.9% increase over last year. The county hasn't raised property taxes since 2012. Legalize marijuana and lower them. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm telling you. Even though the governor says he's not going to do it, I bet you if we were able to have a referendum, which we're not, I guess, because we're a commonwealth and not a state, Mm. people would vote that in immediately. Somebody has to get him high. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's been high. Come on. I don't know. You don't think? I always wonder about that. Like, are they... Are they really ignorant to the possibilities, or are they in somebody's pocket? Most of the Maybe time, a little it's from this, column A, a little from column B. I think typically they're always worried that it's just it's a bad it's bad politics, and sometimes they go against their own personal beliefs. But you know, maybe he actually does believe that it it, it shouldn't be legalized. I don't know. Hey, syntax the crap out of it like they do cigarettes. Right, right. 
Uh, the holidays are he coming. He went to Dartmouth, all right? Our governor. There's no way he didn't get high. <laughs> isn't, isn't that where the gorf uh, yes. originated? <laughs> Alpha Delta. That's where Animal House was written. <laughs> oh, yeah. He definitely burned a couple J's. There's no doubt. And then threw up in a uh, Threw trough. up in the gorf, yeah. <laughs> the holidays are coming, so can you resist temptation? A new survey found while 81% of respondents consider themselves to be healthy eaters, all bets are off when it comes to the holidays with pretty much everybody giving in. Mm-hmm. Uh, 97% say they give in to cravings at least once during the holidays. 25% say they do it all. They just give give in to every craving. What is that? Yep, I'll have some. Uh, Eating doesn't come without guilt, though. 75% of those surveyed said they experience cravings, guilt after eating holiday treats. 58% said the guilt can actually ruin the holidays for them. But 75% of us think that giving in to food cravings makes the holidays even better. I always think there's a couple of holiday traditions, like parties that we go to that I always give myself the free pass. pass. Like, I know going in, I'm going to be a glutton, and I'm just going to enjoy that. you got to own it, man. Like, enjoy this moment of gluttonous. Well, it's bad, like, for me, because uh, I've already started buying Halloween candy and eating it, and we get no kids for Halloween, (laughs) so... Yeah, and then you then you move right into Thanksgiving, and then you go into Christmas, and then oh, yeah. it's New Holiday Year's, parties, and New then Year's it's parties. I'll tell you one. Then it's, then it's football the depression playoffs. Of, yeah. right. The one thing that I always try to do at Christmas that that kind of helps balance the amazing amount of calories that you're gonna put down is if you can somehow convince yourself to stay away from the sugar. If and you how can, do you do that at Christmas? That's what like the cookies. Hold on, I like the most. No, but when you go in, there's ham and cheese trays, and there's like all of that. But like that's Christmas where you get cookies. down. I know, but that's where you have to have like. If you can somehow, I'm just saying, ah. limit yourself to one or two of those. <laughs> she gave you the the hand brush off. Ah. <laughs> that's clearly her favorite part. Mine what? is like a tray of ham. I'm like, yep. Well, I like it all. I'm just not, I'm pick an, it I'm up. Not, Poor you must. Know, who needs bread? I, I love the I beef log. I don't discriminate. I love right. the beef log. Uh, which holiday foods are we powerless to resist when it comes to sweets? This is a weird one for me for the holidays because it just seems like kind of a generic thing. Chocolate chip cookies. Any time of the year. Right. That's not to me a holiday Year cookie. round, that's a problem for It me. is to me, but they seem to always be smaller. Bite size. Everything's bite-sized on the holidays. Pumpkin pie. Only Thanksgiving. I'll pass. I don't, I don't really see it coming around yeah, on Christmas. And it's usually just a, it's a digestive, is it not? Isn't it no supposed idea. to help you like, digest your food? We give our oh. dogs pumpkin because it's good fiber. <laughs> what? I don't know why that sounds funny to me. It is. So oh. if You, you sounded like pie. you were Wilford Brimley's wife there. That's why. <laughs> we give our dogs pumpkin because it's good fiber. If you, it's uh, good for you, too. So I guess then the pumpkin pie helps. Yeah. It's good yeah. fiber. F- uh, brownies? That's like the bouncer that's like, all right, you guys have enjoyed your stay here. Now everybody out. <laughs> don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> fum, fum. Apple Fum. pie, ice cream, which apple pie? I mean, oh, with ice cream. Apple pie is terrific. Mm, that's, Anything out of I think I need to make an apple pie. Uh, sugar cookies? Nope. What? Nope. nope. 
What? No. What? Way. At Christmas? Nope. What? Come on. Nope. Why? Because of the sugar. It's a. It's pointless. It, there's what no. Hey, there's no chocolate in it. Why would you just like waste all what that sugar? What if you sugar? put chocolate icing on it? All right, that's different. That's not a sugar cookie. Yeah. That's a you chocolate ice sugar cookies. Who? You've never had an iced sugar cookie at the Who holidays. Who did this? <laughs> you're you're high no. right now. No, you're not high. now. No, and uh, no, that's I haven't. I'm telling Again, you, chocolate never... crinkles, snickerdoodles. Cho- okay, ch- snickerdoodles chip. were next on the list. Those are fine. Uh, cupcakes, pecan pie, and red velvet cake also on the list of sweets we can't resist. I gotta say, I haven't uh, matured to like cupcakes as much as I thought I would as a kid. Like I thought I would be like, cupcakes will always be amazing. Now they're like a hassle. Cupcake, you'll always be a part of my life. <laughs> I think I made that promise to it at one point. Probably. I used to talk to my cupcake. I'll never not love you. Yeah, you got to eat them with a fork. It's just, it's become a, a <laughs> it's little like bit of a hassle. It's like gets up on your nose. Yeah. It's, it's a bit cumbersome. Party Cake Bakery used to be close to my house. I used to always go in there and just be like, oh, I'll just have one. You know what? Give me six if I'm here. Is there anything more take disappointing than a, a dry cupcake? You bite into no. it, you're like, ah, no. what is this? It's the only time it's acceptable to say moist. Yes. This cupcake is moist. On the savory side, the things we can't resist include mashed potatoes, turkey, stuffing, bread rolls, mac and cheese, ham, sweet potatoes or candied yams, green bean casserole, Cranberry sauce and creamed corn, which is the entire Thanksgiving Mac and cheese menu. is an easy one All for me to give the Heisman to because unless you get it right out of the oven, it's when it, when it congeals, if it's a homemade stuff, mm-hmm. then it's easy to kind of go, all right, it's already cold. I'm yeah. not going to love that. Mm-hmm. The Kraft macaroni cheese is still the gold standard as far so as I'm good. concerned. I don't care how many carcinogens are in that orange powder. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> but the other stuff, man. Stuffing, gravy. Stuffing and gravy I could eat every day yeah. of my life. Every day. And I told you my brother makes like three different stuffings at Thanksgiving. And he, really? The one he always does that is the bomb. He does a sausage and peppers my, stuffing. My brother does a sausage one, but he doesn't put peppers in. It tastes it's like so What good. are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> Teaching Val which where to put the emphasis on which syllable. <laughs> Thanksgiving. Over, Thanksgiving. Oh, whatever. Umbrella. The TV. Insurance. Val uh, and I have differing opinions on where different syllables should be emphasized. Thanksgiving. Go ahead, say it. Maybe I'm putting the emphasis on thanks because I'm thankful. Oh, oh, oh really? What do you think about that? Well, I think that you're <laughs> turns out you're full of condensed horse crap, is what I think. Turns out you're ungrateful, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm ungrateful because I didn't put the emphasis on. How about I like giving? Huh? How well, about there that, you Val? Go. All right. The other part of the word's good, too. (laughs) Over 4,000 Americans from all 50 states were surveyed about their sexual fantasies for a book called Tell Me What You Want. Participants were asked... Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) Participants were asked to describe their favorite sexual fantasy of all time, as well as how often they fantasized about a list of people, places, and things. Researchers came up with a treasure trove of information about what turns us on and why. Men and women have a lot in common when it comes to their sex fantasies. Uh, They found there's one person who's more likely to appear in your sex fantasies than anyone else. I'm waiting for stuffing and mashed potatoes to show up in this one, too. Sorry to disappoint you. Uh, The number one person who shows up in your sex fantasies is your current romantic partner. (laughs) 
That's not to say you don't fantasize about other people. It's just your current partner is number one in the Rolodex. And they're not happy about it. They're like, what the <laughs> hell are you doing here? This is my fantasy. Get out of here. Having it's a like, threesome. Uh, fantasizing about driving your own car, but it has a nicer paint job and it goes faster. <laughs> Having Finally a pull into that one spot I've been trying to pull into. <laughs> <laughs> Never available. Uh, I've been trying to back into that for a long time. <laughs> Having a threesome, the most popular sexual fantasy. With two of your partner. <laughs> While that was most popular, they were also the fantasy the least likely to turn out well when people acted on it and made it a reality and not a fantasy. Uh, most of us fantasize about changing ourselves in some way in our sex fantasy, whether it is genital appearance. <laughs> I need a genital makeover is what I need. Genital appearance. Our Ladies body. and gentlemen, we're expecting appearance later on. Move that bus. Our body, our age, or our personality. Women also fantasize about being more dominant. Men fantasize about being more submissive. All right. Men most commonly <laughs> dream of multiple partners. Women dream of more passion and romance. Yeah. Genital appearance. Genital appearance. Partly sunny, low 80s for the high today. It's 67 at DVE. Each week, Coach Tomlin gives a press conference, and uh, when he speaks to the media, he kind of dances around certain uh, topics. And it's hard to parse through what he's saying. So in order to get to the subtext of what Coach Tomlin is really saying, we employ the use of the Tomlin translator developed by a bunch of uh, uh, computer geeks over there at Carnegie Mellon. Those and nerds really know what they're doing. They really do. They're really good at it. So let's get into what uh, went down yesterday. Coach Tomlin uh, asked about uh, the defense and how often they blitz. Mike, how often did you blitz last week? And have you done more of that this year? Um probably no more than, than than normal to be quite honest with you um, it was effective um, but probably um, from a ratio standpoint no more than normal all right through the translator we blitz all the time we've just always suck at it until last Sunday <laughs> uh, he was asked about uh, Joe Hayden uh, following uh, Julio Jones like after the game you were asked about Hayden following Julio Jones around the field is there similar thinking going into this week against Cincy it's a multi-layered discussion and it's not just about the person that you're working to neutralize the answer to that question requires me to speak to Tim Benz much longer than I'd like to so I'm gonna punt (laughs) (laughs) and then Benzy followed it up it's not just as easy as a correlation between Julio and AJ it's not. No. Shut up, Tim Benz. It's <laughs> not right, man. It's, why does he? The why tra- does he hate Benzy so much? I think the translator gets this wrong. Yeah, I think that, that might be a glitch. Yeah, there, there's something. Someone <laughs> did. Tim uh, upset one of the dorks over at CMU or something? <laughs> dorks. I don't think so. I don't know. He was then uh, asked about the uh, the rule changes in the in the league and how it might affect this rivalry against the Bengals. How do you think the rule changes will affect a, a rivalry that's known for physicality? I don't know that it will. Okay. Through the translator. There's going to be so much laundry thrown on the ground Sunday afternoon. It's going to look like A.B. has a luxury condo 14 floors above the field. (laughs) 
because he throws things out the window. <laughs> That's why, yeah. Um, he was asked about his post-game uh, comments this past Sunday. Do you expect to receive a fine for your comments on Sunday? I do not. I definitely do. Yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> no because, doubt. Uh, he was asked about, the mail. about Lev. Do you have any update on Le'Veon? Whether you talked to him or anything? I do not. Right. Unless James Conner gets hurt, Le'Veon Bell can ride a jet ski off a ramp made of stripper asses and land in a pile <laughs> of ganja for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> That's a visual. That's a pay-per-view event. That's <laughs> it's like Fonzie <laughs> jumping the shark, just off a ramp of stripper asses. Uh, he was asked about uh, uh, T.J. Watt uh, here. I think this was uh, Eddie Boo. Mike, how disruptive was T.J. Watt on Sunday? <laughs> the stat line says it all. Very, um, but again, he was not alone, and that's usually the case. Jesus said. Read Gene's column to find what out happened if you're not going to pay attention to the game. Oh, wow. Well. Come on. He's a Hall of Famer. Don't talk to Ed Bouchette like that. Uh, he was asked about the kicker, Coach Hamlin was. Mike, is there any further concern with Boswell at all of missing almost as many extra points this year as in his career? No, we, we got a lot of confidence in him. Uh, it's something that he has to work through, and he will. Uh, but this guy didn't forget how to kick. All right, through the Tomlin translator, the subtext. He didn't forget how to kick, but he did forget how to kick it straight. Yeah, that's a big <laughs> distinction. Yeah. I do not have amnesia in that regard. He's gotten me out of that stadium in Cincinnati a few times, and so I look forward to taking him to Cincinnati. Okay, through the translator. And leaving him there if he misses another extra point. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, now, the AB news about his luxury condo meltdown mm -hmm. broke shortly before this press conference so coach was asked about that hey, was antonio brown being sued accused of throwing furniture out of window news to you is that something you can address i have no comment regarding that i know nothing about it all right through the common translator i've known for months <laughs> we all have well i think that, yeah. yeah most likely uh <laughs> and then he had a follow-up about ab what steps do you have to take to make sure that AB is emotionally and physically available to, to give his best? Uh... No comment. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'm about to take a step on your bitch ass if you keep asking me about AB. <laughs> really, really defensive there. Yeah, better be and lastly, careful. he was asked about his relationship with Bengals coach Marvin Lewis. Mike, what's your relationship like with Marvin Lewis? And largely professionally, uh, got a lot of respect for him and the way he runs his football team and what he's been able to do over an extended period of time in Cincinnati, Ohio. Through the translator, the subtext. I cannot believe he hasn't been fired yet. <laughs> there you go. And the stuff he really meant in his press conference yesterday. Mike Persuda comes in next with his translation of what Coach had to say. Also, bad news for the Pens. Phil Bork joining us at 845 to talk about the latest injury for Matt Murray. Mark Madden next hour. And we've obtained exclusive audio of the, we have the video here, uh, TMZ released, of the security camera footage of AB throwing the stuff out, out of the 14th floor. Oh, so we'll have that coming up over the, uh, the top of the hour here. Don't forget, 
Your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week, the Pub at Tonydale in Oakdale, $3.16 ounce Bud Light drafts during all Steeler games. The Pub at Tonydale is your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Buddy. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is our brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. A lot of times when football teams win a game, somebody, a player, a coach, whomever will categorize it as a team effort and say that the team got contributions from all three phases. A lot of times that's just what they say, but sometimes it actually hits the nail on the head. Mike Tomlin thought the Steelers' 41-17 victory over Atlanta last Sunday was such a game. Uh, and he credited the special teams not just with contributing, but uh, perhaps with making the decisive contribution. I thought the play of the game, the the, the, the thing that kind of broke the game open, didn't occur on offense or defense. I thought it was the block punt by Rosie Nix. Um, significant play. Um, we expect that from Rosie. We expect that from that group. Uh, we have a uniquely seasoned um, special teams unit with guys like Rosie and Chicolo and Tyler Matakovich and, and uh, Larry Fort and others um, that have, Jordan Dangerfield that have all kind of been collectively together for an extended period of time from a special team standpoint. And so uh, it's good for that group to deliver on that. Medicovic. Does anybody ever do what you do? Like if somebody pronounces a word wrong and you repeat it back to them? So, do you think Tyler Matakavich is uh, <laughs> performing well? <laughs> I haven't seen a guy make subtle contributions the way Matakovich does since the great Jerry Slavsky or perhaps Mike Tomasek. <laughs> <laughs> San Antonio Holmes did some pretty good stuff. If you can't some guys get down that's... with a coach mangling a player's name in Pittsburgh, then what are we even doing here? I yeah. mean, this is tradition, <laughs> folks. It is. Steeler coaches. Martavius would all... be proud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people still call Gino Malkin, right? We mispronounce stuff all the time. That's what we do. It's how we roll. But those guys... We called the arena the wrong word forever. It was console. Everyone was calling it console for a long-ass time. Console. In console. Better call console. That's how I remembered it. Those uh, special teamers did come through, and it is an interesting dynamic they have going. You don't really... Chicolo's a pretty good linebacker as as a subbing guy. Uh, I don't know that uh, Matakovich has gotten to that point yet. Uh, Jordan Dangerfield's on the team to play special teams. But nobody respects him. LJ Fort has been on the team to play special teams other than up until Sunday uh, and the job he did against Atlanta. But may, that's kind of their job, and they they uh, have been doing it for a while, and they're getting it done. Now, the special teams might have decided things, but uh, it was the offensive and defensive lines that set the tone and tenor of the Atlanta game. Our big people set the pace on both sides, um, and it can be reflected in a lot of ways in terms of how the game unfolded. Uh, we were able to control the line of scrimmage and run the football offensively. Um, that put us in manageable third downs. I thought that minimized the abilities of guys like Tack McKinley and, and Vic Beasley to control the game on possession downs and provide the wave that their defense ride. I thought we were able to protect the quarterback um, and, and virtually keep Ben upright all day because of that. Um, on the defensive side, I thought we were able to minimize the run largely um, and put us in advantageous possession down uh, situations. Yeah, it's, it's so basic and it's so true and it's so hmm. often overlooked. I'm as guilty as anybody 
We spent a lot of time talking about, oh, is Artie Burns sharing time at cornerback, or is he elevating? Who's playing in the sub-packages? Who's the third receiver? Is Connor getting the ball enough? If the offensive line and the defensive line dominate, they're going to win a lot of games. And those are two units. They have full faith in that offensive line, and we all kind of thought, did we not, that at least on defense, the line was going to be really good. Yeah. And neither one of those units showed up consistently enough until the Falcons game. Well, wasn't that what Cam was talking about yesterday? It was like sometimes, you know, when we practice, we tell the offense what we're running and we just got to win. Sometimes you just got to put your hand in the dirt and beat the other guy across from you. A lot of this is execution. All those linemen and Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt are dominating uh, caliber players. And when they dominate, everything. it's funny how everything else has a habit of falling into place. And this is another one. Uh, it's even more important for the offensive line against Cincinnati. Uh, you heard Tomlin reference Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley coming off the edge as pass rushers for Atlanta. Those guys are great speed edge rushers, and they couldn't put themselves in third and long and let those guys do what they do. Uh, the Bengals do uh, a little bit more than those guys and a little bit more often up front. And this one's on the offensive line more than anybody else, I think. Let's make it happen again, Sunday. You like your chances with those guys? They should, right? Yeah. I mean, they're highly touted. They're highly compensated. We shall see. Penguins uh, getting ready for Vegas on Thursday night. They're not going to have Matt Murray. According to head coach Mike Sullivan, Murray suffered a concussion in practice on Monday. So uh, Murray, uh, no timetable for his return. Uh, In uh, Mike Sullivan's estimation, it doesn't matter who's in net. The team in front of uh, the goaltender of the night has to play better than it has so far. Well, we're working on different aspects of our game. Part of it is our play away from the puck and and, uh, the details associated with it. You know, I I think, uh, you know, it we've got to become a more difficult team to play against and that that was that's been the message to our group and uh, regardless of who plays goal for us we have to become a better team away from the puck and uh, we've got to be more calculated with the puck and i think if we do that um, by nature of those two things will be more difficult to play against and and that's that's what we've been trying to work on this week Red Sox beat the Yankees 4-3 to in game 4 of the American League Division Series Boston advances to take on Houston Red Sox. Oh yeah, the Red Sox popping champagne in Yankee Stadium. That pretty, never gets old for me. Sweet. Love to see the Yankees go down. Do you see the Yankees fans throwing a full beer at Kimbrel last night walking off the field? I missed that. The, I mean, the amount of video of Yankee fans being awful that's yeah. out there. Not that Red Sox fans are all saints, but throwing full beers at players walking off the field is about as bush as it gets. It is, and uh, unfortunately, you'll Especially have that. If it's a bush. Yeah. Although, you know, game uh, three was a blowout, and everybody cleared out that 16-1 to game. Even though the Yankees fell behind 4 nothing last night, I thought the crowd stayed in it. Well, and... they stayed in the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah which but, I mean, was they different. were still standing, you know. Oh, yeah. Going for that third strike or third out or whatever. How that, that... Oh, when Ben Attendee got called out on that last one, the called third strike, I mean, the fans went crazy there. You could yeah. feel something was going to happen. There's an energy in that stadium in October that is – Unlike almost anything else in sports. And I'm not even a Yankees fan, but it's really fun watching playoff baseball from mm-hmm. Yankee Stadium, I think. But not anymore this year. No more. See ya.
That's your DVE Sports. We got uh, Phil Bork coming up here momentarily. He'll join us to talk about Matt Murray's injury and what that means for the Penguins going forward, what they can expect. And, uh, you know, he just hasn't seen right yet this year as it was. And I guess the injury happened in practice. Borky with the uh, full details. Val's got news top of the hour. Valerie, what do you got? Uh, we're going to talk about the important things. How you clear the air after you pollute it. How you wave off a fart? Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay. Also. That would that would qualify. Exclusive audio. Febreze. Of the security footage of AB's furniture tossing meltdown. That's on the way for you. Your chance to win a thousand bucks in workforce cash at the top of the hour. Borky's next on DVE. It's the DVE morning show. Chipping the charge ups, getting you ready for the all two niner. Phil Bork live in studio with us this morning. How are you, Borky? I'm fantastic. What a foot tapper that is. Chip just knocked it out of the park, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. It's good. Whether you're driving, you know, a lot of people they listen to music when they're working out in the morning. Sure. They listen to you guys, right? right. They listen to you. They're they're on the on the stepper. They're on the treadmill. Yeah. Or maybe they're out on the on the road beating yeah. the pavement. Yeah, that beating just, something. Mean... <laughs> I heard he performed that at the Deutschtown Music Fest. I heard that and it was a, for half an hour a, straight. A huge hit. <laughs> yeah, the, over over. the unabridged version. Wall. <laughs> yeah, it's become it, a jam song, now, <laughs> much like in memory of Elizabeth Reed. Yeah, it just goes on and on. And at the end of it, they're like, "Where's the hockey talk?" And they're like, "Thanks, that's our time." <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Everyone's expecting the hockey talk. So, uh, Borky, uh, the, uh, the the Matt Murray injury here, concussion. This is uh, worrisome. If only because it's his third one in a relatively short period of yeah. time for a young fella who you are counting on to be your goaltender for a long, long time. I concur. Yeah, I think we're all concerned that uh, this one kind of came out of the left field, that you mm-hmm. thought, okay, well, he's had a couple of bad breaks, and uh, I rem- I do remember the uh, one he had in February when, by the way, he was playing his best hockey of the year last year. Um, it, all you can say is is most of it's been bad breaks for him, but the other part is, you know, is he susceptible to that? some some people, some people are just are. built differently, and you know, I don't blame him. Also, if he has any kind of symptoms, you dial it back, man. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not only part of the protocol, but also the athlete's mentality is a lot different now than twenty five years ago. But at the same time, goalies are going to get hit with the puck and get hit by other players. Correct. Absolutely. That's not. No, it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. Almost daily, right? Yeah, so I, we, there's a lot that we don't know, so we shouldn't speculate. I mean, on a scale of one to ten, is it? Did he wake up yesterday morning and you know, is he at a two? Is he at a three? And this is all precautionary, or is he a little bit higher than that? I, I guess we just don't know because everybody reacts to him differently. Uh, on the other side of things, Mark Andre Fleury coming to town with the uh, Golden Knights, but not going to play. Nope, we're going to get uh, Malcolm Subban. Doesn't no, the, yeah, but don't you want as a hockey fan? Don't you want to see Flurry play in Pittsburgh? We we already saw that. We saw mm-hmm. it last year, and oh, we hung a five spot this. on him. Come on, yeah, throw it. Let twenty nine get out there. It's not all about the Berg, Randy. Yes, it is. Okay, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, the NHL would love to have put this on. You know, as really a, think about it. the only scenario why he wouldn't play is he's going into Washington tonight. Washington tonight yeah, he's to take tonight. on the Cavs, where 
you know, that was yeah, the Stanley Cup final. You want to have your number right. one guy against the Caps. And they just laid an egg in Buffalo, and they're one and two, and they need a win badly. Yeah. And they probably and, figure the way the Pens are playing, they're going to get six or seven so they can play their lesser goal. And it tender. didn't go well for him last time. If you remember that game in February, Vegas was up two, and then mm-hmm. five punches in the nose, and we were up five, two. We hung up to win. So here's a great against. chance for him to, to redeem himself. Yeah, meh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I thought he, he was hilarious. He was asked um, yesterday, I forget who it was, it was Dayon or, or Jason Mackey, uh, about, hey, what, what do you think? You're going to be going into Pittsburgh and it looks like you're going to be sitting on the bench. He goes, oh, I did a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I already sit on the bench. I'm not there. I am used to it. Uh, <laughs> I carved my name in the bench. <laughs> what, uh, how do you account for this Kind of disinterested start, relatively speaking. Sullivan saying they're just interested in scoring goals. It's almost as if you would expect that after they won the second cup. They were a lot more on the details when they started last year. This year they look like the champion hangover team. I'm going to walk the tightrope here, Mikey, because I don't want to make excuses for this group because they just don't do that. I, I think what's happened here is that game against Washington was just river hockey. It was just a blast. I mean, goals here, goals there, and you end up winning in overtime. So you're kind of like, oh man, this is fun. Oh yeah, I forgot. Like scoring goals is a blast, right? And I think it was they fun were... to watch. It was fun. It was a blast, but it's not reality. It's not how you win consistently in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So then you got Washington. I, I mean, uh, Montreal comes into town, completely different than Washington. They're just a mucking and grinding, hardworking bunch of young guys. The only real star they have on their team is their goaltender, who played really well, and they just outworked you and they they simplified the game and they they just. Flat out beat you. Yeah. So you look at this and you think, okay, maybe this is a good way to get punched in the nose early, a little wake-up call. And now they've had, what, four days off practices? Their practice yesterday, Mikey, I'm not just blowing smoke up your behind here. Yesterday's practice was as good as it gets. And what I loved at the end of practice, Mike Sullivan kind of called everybody in. And this is why Sully is like, he's kind of a really good sports psychologist. You know he's been giving them a size 11 up the backside for the last couple <laughs> days, right? <laughs> he brought them in he was just like, well, I really appreciate the way you guys accepted the challenge that our coaches gave you. This is the partnership, the partnership between coaches and players, player to player. And he just had this different tone of, okay, mm-hmm. boys, we've hit the reset button. Let's get back to playing Penguin. Did you know that's what he told them? Because even when he was whispering, his voice was reverberating off the roof and the walls. And- <laughs> At the UPMC Lemieux <laughs> Complex? Absolutely. It's, that's, that's my favorite time of practice. When he kind of has, and you know, he's got that, that booming voice, that even his hushed tone just reverbs off the ceiling. To me, that sounds like the calm dad who's like, do you know why I put you on timeout? That's it. You, you can't behave like that again. As long as you understand that, you're free to go. That's it. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. Our number one goalie has a concussion. I can't afford to lose any of you guys right now, so I'm going to be really nice. Isn't it interesting that Wilkesbury? Is playing in Cleveland this weekend, so part of their trip to Cleveland, they're going to stop here in the Berg. It was scheduled, mm-hmm. and it looks like they're just going to drop off drop off Jari thirty five in your program, <laughs> Tristan Jari. Beat it. <laughs> just drop kick him out on, the, on yeah. the rest stop. Boy, bonus for him, he gets to stay in Pittsburgh and not go to Cleveland and not go to Cleveland. Yeah, that's a win win win. Eighty seven was on the sidelines uh, for the Steelers this weekend. Did you see that? No, I missed that. Said so the kid was there. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wearing shorts. And, and uh, a Shea Leave t- T-shirt, yeah, which was pretty awesome. He had those huge tree trunks sticking out of the... <laughs> I wonder if he has to get his shorts custom-made, too. <laughs> For sure. Hey, because I, I think his jeans have to be custom-made. Yeah, because his legs are so enormous. Well, and his 
rump too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. The whole, the whole <laughs> it's, it's deal. A lot. I mean, can you imagine? No. You just can't like roll into some <laughs> Levi store, you know? No. Every pair that he puts on. No, he's like a he's like a he's like Pan. He's he's. Like, Do you have any extra extra relaxed jeans? <laughs> <laughs> I have, a, yeah. He's, I mean, the dude's enormous, but um, I, I have no doubt Sid could be awesome at every sport. He's yeah. one of those guys. Yeah. And uh, we had this discussion with a friend of ours last week about certain guys are athletes and certain guys are their players to right. the sport. Right. Like Ben can do, he can play hoops, but like he's competitive, baseball. You know, he's just one of those guys. Sid strikes me as the kind of guy who, if he would have picked another sport, he would have been awesome at that too. You could just throw him in India and play cricket, and you'd be like, "Oh my God, this guy's unbelievable!" Oh, yeah. His dad'd be like, "He was throwing the cricket balls into the washing machine too much. He broke it. We're trying to dry stuff, and it just bang, bang, bang." Totally racist. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was good to see him there, though. I like seeing Sid as, uh, as a part of that. I love the synergy of this the Pittsburgh sports teams. It's real, and that's the thing with Sid. He's not on the sideline to hope a camera sees. No, oh, actually, he 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 uh, hates yeah. that stuff. Like he like he's all in in this town, just like Mario was. You know? Yeah, it makes sense actually that he was wearing a Shea Leave T shirt because Shazier was such a huge part of the Penguins postseason, mm-hmm. banging the drum. That's true. Yeah. So he's probably just returning the favor, returning the support. Yeah. All right. So overly cautious, I'm assuming, is how the Penguins are going to treat this Matt Murray sure. injury, it's given that it's early in the yeah. year, given what you are relying on him to uh, to come through with for you. Absolutely. And, and no, I don't think it's lip service that when Mike Sullivan says, we really believe in Casey the Smith. And I know he's only played 14 games in his career, but I think we're all excited for what this kid could do. He's not a kid. He's 27. He's kind of been around a little bit. And it's a great opportunity for him. And I, I know they like Tristan Jari. Tristan Jari just needs to kind of file off the rough edges, and he'll be fine too. But, you know, here we go with uh, Tristan Jari and Casey the Smith starting on Thursday. It looks like. I don't think it's... I don't know if it's a hundred percent sure that Matt Murray's out, but it doesn't look like he's going to play. Yeah, uh, is it seven o'clock or seven thirty tomorrow? Usually seven. Seven. Yeah. Well, you can listen to the old two niner alongside Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang on our brother station one oh five nine the X as the Pens host the Mark Andre Fleury less Golden Knights. No, I mean, he'll, he'll be, be there. there. He just is not going to be playing. As he said, we've seen him sit on the bench before. There. <laughs> yeah. That's tomorrow night. Hockey's back. Pens look to get over 500 with a win over the Golden Knights. Porky, always a pleasure. Thank you. Bro, Randall, Valerie, and Michael, I enjoyed our time together. (laughs) And this was Good Hockey Talk. Erg. The guy in Arizona facing a $220,000 fine for sparking a wildfire during a gender reveal party. Dennis Dickey is a Border Patrol agent, so last Dickey. year, yep, he and his oh, wife Dickey. wanted to put on a big spectacle to reveal their baby's gender, so the guy shot a target filled with colored powder and some type of explosive. You well, hear what Dickey did? It was Dickey, very... how much TNT did you put in there? <laughs> Dickey blew up the forest. The blast sparked a brush fire that quickly spiraled out of control and burned 47,000 acres and took 800 firefighters close to a week to get it under control. It caused $8 million in damage. Uh, The coverage of the story didn't say whether the couple is having a boy or a girl. Yeah, it's hard to tell with all the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show.
Bill Bork is the best. The old two-niner. We did that nice and clean, buddy. Did you see how we did that? Just a nice... <laughs> the old two-niner hanging out with us a little bit uh, over the line there. Could talk to Borky all day. Well, that's just it. We couldn't stop talking to him. But we couldn't talk about any of the stuff we were talking about on the air, so we have to go on the air and talk about the stuff we can talk about. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Val Porter's got news. I know that much. We also have the audio from the... <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? The audio. We also the- have mm. the audio. Oh, yeah. We get the audio from TMZ. For? Antonio Brown's furniture flip out, which sounds like a super fun game show. <laughs> it does. <laughs> kind of like Donkey Kong. Welcome to Antonio Brown's furniture flip out. It's where you have to try to climb the stairs as things are flying at you. I'm Wink Tony Dale, your host. All right, what do you have? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Central 11. It's 70 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. Governor Rick Scott is telling Floridians in the projected path of Category 4 Hurricane Michael that time is up. He tweeted this morning, the time for evacuating along the coast has come and gone. First responders will not be able to come out in the middle of the storm. If you chose to stay in an evacuation zone, you must seek refuge immediately. The National Hurricane Center is calling Michael potentially catastrophic. And everyone knows if Jim Cantore of the Weather Channel is in your town, something bad is coming. Mm-hmm. So one Florida county has told him to stay away as Hurricane Michael bears <laughs> down. That's a, He's the problem. The sheriff's office of Santa Rosa County, which is in the path of Michael, has issued a fake trespass warning to Cantori on its Facebook page, telling him he's only allowed to visit for non-business-related visits, winter months preferred. The office also made it perfectly clear it's just having a little fun with the storm chaser, adding this is not a real trespass warning. They said, we like Jim, just not under these conditions. Uh, Yeah, if we don't call the coroner, nobody died. <laughs> Stockton University in New Jersey is offering a minor in cannabis studies this semester. It features classes on cannabis law economic botany and business operations there are of course just a few of these programs out there they still seem like they're on the fringe despite some being outraged by the classes marijuana is a booming business expected to be worth two billion dollars in the next few years we're gonna binge watch weeds together (laughs) it's gonna be fun class (laughs) let's all get high right now wait what was this class about According to a new survey, 32% of men men admit they have trouble speaking up at work. The survey found speaking up is a problem for both men and women. 42% of women admitting they're afraid of causing friction in the workplace. The survey results were surprising because there wasn't that much of a difference, just 10% between men and women on this one. Oh, how do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a dangerous time to be a man in the workplace. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're right. Really dangerous. Very dangerous. Hashtag him too. My balls was hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my new thing. That's your ringtone. My no. balls was hot. If my I'm, balls was hot. My balls was hot. Val, get the phone. If I'm trying not to my cry. My balls was hot. My balls was hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's my alarm in the morning. Oh, my God. 
The FBI recently released their latest crime stats. They show there's about a 40% chance you'll get away with it if you murder somebody. How much? 40%. That's pretty good. That's pretty decent. Not bad. They found the police only cleared about 61% of murder cases last year, which means they arrested someone or dismissed the case because they figured out it was a suicide or something else. So that means a little over 38% of murders last year did not lead to any arrests. And that's not the only crime people are getting away with. There was no arrest in 46% of aggravated assaults, 66% of rapes, 81% of larcenies, 86% of car thefts, and 86% of burglaries. I watched that show, The First 48, where Mm -hmm. it's basically the first 48 hours are the most critical in any kind of homicide investigation. And that show infuriated me slash depressed me to a point where I was like, "I I can't watch this anymore. They never caught the guy. Like ever. Erie, PA was the capital of unsolved murders for a long, long time. It was like the best place to murder someone. Mm. They Yeah, you could just blow somebody's head up with a <laughs> collar bomb. And- yeah, exactly. Do you uh, carry a bottle of poopery with you? What do you mean, Val? <laughs> no, I have it at home. You just, it's for home home yeah. games only. Uh, so how do you hide the smell? How do you cover the smell in the bathroom? Oh, if you like just smash a bathroom right, in public? Right, or maybe you don't. I don't know. 84.4% do try to cover up the smell, so that means 15% don't even care. Savages. <laughs> That's one of my favorite words. Just, just um, go obliterate your powder room. And then so, come back like nothing happened. Uh, and airports. Airports are the the worst. Well, see, if it's a public bathroom, then who cares? I always think about like I I always think about it only if you're visiting somebody's house. Yo, so if you, if here you don't someone, care. What's oh, that? nobody cares here. You, you don't care in this bathroom. By the time I walk in there, the damage that's already <laughs> been done. I'm not going to walk into a burned down house and try to Febreze it. <laughs> It's so, it's by, by 10 a.m., that bathroom is destroyed. What What do you people eat for breakfast? I don't go in there. I mean, it's, it's, it's really bad. It sounds like, or it smells like <laughs> somebody set a diaper genie on fire. It's like, so, um, how can it smell this bad? How do the polite people cover up the stench? Air freshener? Always a good one. They use the fan. Sometimes, though... Meticulous courtesy flushing can help, too. Courtesy flush is on the list. Fump, fump, flush. Just try to time it. Which, Chris, um... (laughs) Who's the guy from Jurassic Park? Chris Chris Pratt. Yeah. He gave gave a detailed description on the MTV Movie Awards about how to cover the smell. Some really sage Which I don't think we can play on the air. Probably not. Uh, There was no swearing. It was just very descriptive. Very descriptive. Um, So, air freshener using a fan... Lighting a match. Potpourri. A match is the best thing. Yeah, but who has matches? Me. You carry them? Not on my person. Okay. But in your if bathroom you at home? Deuce in my house, you, there's a there's matches there. Okay, well, that's you being thoughtful for the yeah. person that's going to take a dump in your house. <laughs> I am deuce considerate. But I'm saying, like, when you travel, when you oh, go yeah. on the road, you no. don't have matches on you. No, I don't. But then when you come into a room and you smell a burnt match, you know what happened in there. Well, it's not about trying to pretend. It's better to smell the burnt match. Like, let's not pretend. We're all adults here. All right? Would you rather smell a match or what I just hatched? (laughs) Potpourri 
lighting a candle or incense, opening a window, and I mean, you're not doing perfume. yoga. Just, you know, cover it up. See, I always bring a candle with me. <laughs> <laughs> this is my poo candle. <laughs> Bill Cosby was not the victim of a chicken flinging incident. Uh, this week, a rumor oh. caught fire saying that he had gotten into a verbal spat with a fellow inmate who then chucked a breaded cutlet at him. Uh, but prison officials say the story is totally false, noting that he hasn't even been in general population yet. I said, get your chicken finger out of my face. You know he thought Gen Pop was like a new line of pudding pops that was coming out. <laughs> Joe Walsh says his struggle with learning and attention issues led to a difficult childhood and eventually substance issues. At Monday night's New York Gala for the organization Facing Addiction, the Eagles guitarist, who is now 25 years sober, recalled being truly terrified because he said he felt stupid and alone and that nobody understood. He described anxiety attacks when he tried to play guitar for other people. He said, I was so scared I couldn't do it. I hyperventilated, I started shaking, and I started crying. He had admitted that his higher power became vodka and cocaine and that he finally hit rock bottom when nobody wanted to work with him. He said, I was angry and I turned into this godless, hateful thing. Alcoholics Anonymous helped turn his life around. He said gradually they showed him that he is not a unique individual or a one-of-a-kind person. He's just an alcoholic. And for the first time in his life, he said he felt like uh, he was somewhere he belonged. Uh, his brother-in-law and fellow recovering addict Ringo Starr was also on hand for Facing Addictions event on Monday. And today is David Lee Roth's 64th birthday. 64. Next year he gets discounted coffee. You know, David Lee Roths aren't supposed to go on that long. They're supposed to be flashes. I wish, you know, Steve Perry isn't trying to sing Journey songs. But you know what? I saw him at some uh, fundraiser like a few weeks ago and he was singing with some kind of big band type orchestra. That might be his thing. So do that. Right. His yeah. days with his days rocking out might be over. He might just be a showman. I mean, he kind of looks like a magician that never actually gets to the trick anyways. <laughs> Why not just wear those little sparkle jackets and sing with a big band? Forecast today, partly sunny, low 80s for the high today. This is the last of the super warm days. It is 72 at DVE. Okay. Uh, A.B. being sued by a guy because he threw furniture out of the 14th floor of a luxury condominium complex. Yeah, it's dangerous. And uh, the guy claims it came near him and his grandkid, uh, but A.B., told the cops a day before this that he had $80,000 stolen and a gun. He had a gun stolen. Mm -hmm. Probably not From smart for AB to have a gun. No. I don't think. Uh, just because I... Yo, who how, shouldn't have a gun? Like, <laughs> how many how many phones do you think he goes through in a week? Five? Yeah, how many, yeah, exactly. yeah, how many guns has he lost? <laughs> right. Um, but at any rate, so there is security footage of his tantrum throwing the stuff out of the apartment from the 14th floor onto the ground below and we have video from it now tmz released it earlier and in the audio you can hear people reacting to the stuff flying oh, out of the crazy yeah the 14th floor this is uh, from tmz yes that's where i'm gonna stop i saw him stop recording this dude but dang Oh. Holy 
Oh my god, that hurt. Oh, he threw Steely out. Why? Oh my god. Oh my god. made of nerf. Oh, that ottoman hit me right in the head. No. Didn't do anything. Did you throw a love sack? No, oh, man. <laughs> he threw Steely McBeam out. That's, Ooh. man, that had to hurt. Steely.com. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Steelers headed to Cincinnati for a big game, and the Pens don't have their goalie. And the Steelers and Bengals have played some vicious games in recent seasons, and uh, Sunday's figures to be just as contentious. But uh, it will be different in this regard. It'll be the Steelers' first trip back to Paul Brown Stadium since last December the 4th. That was the night that Ryan Shazier went down and stayed down. There are going to be uh, some emotions, presumably, associated with the Steelers' return. Here's Mike Tomlin. Uh, We'll kind of know that when we get there. Um, I'm sure that we'll be in some form or fashion, but hadn't spent a lot of time thinking about it to this point. I'm sure everybody... uh, Attached to the Steelers, we'll be thinking about it eventually before the ball's kicked off on Sunday. Uh, the good news for the Steelers is that Ryan Shazier is doing much better now than he was then. Uh, that was uh, a night that, uh, well, thinking back upon it, Mike Tomlin's not sure how the Steelers got through it. No, that wasn't about football. You know, that, that was that was somebody that we cared deeply about that, that got injured very severely. So, um, it wasn't about utilizing it as some motivational tactic or anything of that nature. Um, it was a very difficult thing to get through. Uh, we had a job to do in terms of winning the game, but obviously our, our hearts and minds were, were with him. How did you get through it is what I mean. I don't know. I thought that was the most honest answer that Mike Tomlin has ever given in, in one of those pressers. I mean, how did you get through it? I don't know. He yeah. could have spotted some BS there. Just kind of, I don't know, man. We, I mean, we put our head down and we did it. Uh, they were shaken to a man. Uh, that, I think it was the third offensive snap for Cincinnati, uh, the play on which his year became injured. And uh, somehow they came out after half. They were, they were kind of stunned for a long stretch and continuing to play through that stunned state. And they, they were just much better in the second half somehow, some way. I don't know. I don't know how they did did it either. I mean, watching that game, it just became like almost. I don't want to say meaningless, but it just became like, all right, well, football really isn't that important at this moment. Yeah, and then AB took that shot from Iloka in the end zone, head helmet to helmet. Just that looked brutal. That entire and game that wasn't called, right? No, it wasn't. That game was. It, it was unsettling to watch. It was. That's kind of how these games have evolved since the uh, the Steelers prison Bengals. fight of the P- Steelers Bengals playoff game. Yeah, and where Jerry Porter was on the field. There are still some Steelers that think Burfecht intentionally injured Le'Veon Bell, and I'm know, raising my hand. That's yeah, kind of, that's kind <laughs> of how some it goes. fans that do as well. It's almost um, Ravens viciousness without the shared respect. Yeah, that's a yep. good way to put it. Yeah, because for some reason... On the watch. You know, the, Ravens-Steelers the, with criminal intent. 
Steelers have had an <laughs> annoying level of respect for the Ravens. When Ryan Clark is going into their locker room at Heinz Field to celebrate, to say congratulations after the Ravens beat the Steelers, that goes way too far in my opinion. That part's annoying, but the, the, what I was referencing is um, how the teams are kind of built the same way, how they often kind of draft the same way, how when they're at their best they play the same way, and how they have both taken a piece out of one another even when one team was having a real good year and the other was having a bad year and how they both won Super Bowls in recent memory. Steelers Bengals, I think uh, the Bengals uh, don't have the track record of success clearly in the postseason. They've done nothing under Marvin Lewis and uh, they seem uh, there seems to be a uh, I, I don't hear a lot of Steelers carping about cheap shots from the Ravens and vice versa. And in this game, there always seems to be something. A Steelers-Bengals game, there always seems to be something questionable going on. Yep. So, as our uh, most recent guest might say, buckle up, baby. And one of those hits was was Shazier on Gianno, uh, Giovanni Bernard, right? Yes. In knocked that playoff it, knocked game. Knocked him out of the game. Blew him up. With a hit that's now no longer legal. Wasn't called then. L.J. Fort, Terrell Edmonds, Vince Williams, Darius Hayward Bay, and Morgan Burnett are the guys the Steelers are going to keep an eye on this week in practice in terms of their potential availability. Penguins are getting ready for Vegas on Thursday, and uh, Matt Murray is dealing with another concussion. Here's Mike Sullivan. Well, I don't know. It, it's really hard to make uh, any sort of um, – to draw any conclusions uh, with, with this stuff because I think everybody's different. And so that's that's been my experience in uh, in dealing with concussions with with different players over the years. Everybody's different. The nature of these is 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 different. Um, you know, sometimes players bounce back extremely quick, and and others tend to uh, linger. And and it's hard to predict. And so uh, I really haven't given much thought or consideration into it at this point. We're hoping Matt will get healthy and. Uh, and, and when he does, we know he's a very good goalie. A lot of attrition around the NHL in the early going this season. Joe Thornton of the Sharks uh, has right knee issues. Uh, Kings goaltender Jonathan Quick is week-to-week lower body. Uh, Florida goalie Roberto Luongo is out two to four weeks because of a sprained right knee ligament. Uh, the Flyers are going to be without James Van Riemsdyk for the next five to six weeks. Columbus uh, has defenseman Seth Jones and center Brandon Dubinsky on the shelf. We've been playing about a week, right? I know. It's crazy. What is going on? Everyone shoots out of the gate like bats out of hell and then just knocking a crap out of each other, I guess. Red Sox eliminated the Yankees last night 4-3 to in Game 4 of that American League Division Series. Boston advances to take on Houston. That should be an epic series. The defending champs against the team that won the most games. This year, uh, the NL Championship Series begins on Friday. The Dodgers visit the Brewers. And then on Saturday, it's uh, Game 2 between Los Angeles and Milwaukee and Game 1 between Houston and Boston. We are working toward a potential Game 7 of the World Series on October the 31st. This is my favorite round. I love these games. And these matchups are going to be insane. I really like it after they get past the wild card games and then you get those those days where there are three and four games on a day. Those are fun. They're not necessarily productive. 
But you can sit around and watch playoff baseball for hours on end. Mark Madden, I could talk to him for hours on end, but we'll do it for a select number of minutes here coming up after the break. Steelers-Bengals, Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff here on DBE. Pre-game starts 9 a.m. Beautiful. And after that, Bill Crawford, the week after, will be a part of the legendary late-night tailgate, which is going on at the Byam Theater. Late-night tailgate. It's a show featuring comedians Steve Randazzisi. He was on The League uh, on FX. Very popular show. Uh, also, comedian Sarah Tiana. She was a part of our DVE Comedy Festival this past year. So uh, funny. And uh, former quarterback Sage Rosenfeld. Bill will be joining them. At the Biome next Wednesday night. You can get your tickets at the uh, Biome box office, pittsburghtrust.org, pghtrust.org. I believe that's it. Sure. Sounds right. Sounds right to me. And really, isn't that the most important thing? All that matters, proximity. All right. Mark Madden is in our proximity. And he'll he be is. Closer than that when we return after the DVE morning show commercial break here. Next. On DV. Thanks, Bill. It's the DV Morning Show. Randy Bauman, Bill Crawford, Val Porter, Mike Pursuta, Joe Rikiki producing the show, and Mark Madden from our brother station, 105.9 The X, joining us right now. Greetings, everybody. Uh, you're wearing a, vo- a Vegas morning. Golden Knights shirt. Yeah, it was clean. <laughs> was it? As long as you're not Relatively. wearing it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and that is a dandy uh, cranberry bag you have there. No, it's uh, red. Liverpool. Liverpool. Man purse, I guess you could call it. Do you it's have kind 80 of a grand in that? Just a purse. Do you have 80 grand in a gun in there? Oh, don't I wish. <laughs> don't you think that even the staunchest of gun rights advocates would say AB shouldn't be allowed to have a gun? I'm not sure you should be allowed to drive. <laughs> or like I think I mean to to preclude laughter I think he needs help I think he needs therapy I I couldn't agree I, I more I think I think that and I first said that not when he not when the lawsuit came to light of him throwing furniture off a 14th floor balcony at children and grandparents but <laughs> uh, but that that media gathering he gave after he missed the meeting that was just a nonstop cry for help I mean the the self-loathing channeled at the media the conspiracy Wait, theories. which one are you talking about? The one from minicamp or the one the, the that he OGA's just did? The one was the real yeah, that, well, attention getter. That was, the, that was the cry for help, I thought. The one where we talked about the pressure. Mike, what month was that? It was during OTA, so it would have been uh, late May or early June. So that was, so that was after, after this the furniture-throwing meltdown. Yeah, uh, the, the, the OTA's one was the one where he talked about how you guys won't leave me alone. I yeah. went out of the spotlight. And am, I really free? am I really free? He does everything he can to be in the spotlight. I can't Google work works. out without people showing up where I'm working out. But then this one was notable for you guys want me to fail. And uh, I don't care what he does as long as he doesn't hit me with an ottoman. Yes. I bet it was a nice ottoman, though. I you better, guys don't want me to hit you with Ottomans. I bet. I bet the vases were nice too. Maybe Ming Dynasty. Yeah, he's throwing. Maybe faux Ming Dynasty. Maybe yeah. faux Ming Dynasty. Yeah, got gypped on eBay. Ming Dynasty. F A U X, not foaming like. Oh, I like, like, like could bring down the APM <laughs> You can get those at the Spirit Halloween store. So I think he needs help. I, I agree mean, with you, I, but I, in I that context, you can't you ha- you can't be critical of his behavior in the same way if it's really just the actions of a sick person. Well, if it if it's not the actions of a sick person, then he's just a jerk. But but let's, right. let's so get him some we help have to and stop calling him is. a jerk, and we've all have to come to the conclusion that this guy needs help. I'm not going to stop calling him a jerk. 
what if he, he, what if he, it's diagnosed as some sort of psychosis? You'll still call him a jerk. I think I, you're. I don't know if you're not allowed to do. I think you're probably it, it, okay it, to call him a it, jerk. It, it, <laughs> he's won't, a jerk. it won't matter because he'll never seek help and they'll never make him get help. Uh, when Mike Tomlin pretended to not know anything about this incident at his news conference yeah. Monday, and when the Steelers said they wouldn't be commenting, that's called enabling. And uh, they don't care what happens to the guy as long as he catches footballs, I suppose. And that's their right to do that, but uh, it's not very noble. How many years is the contract? Four years? Uh, so this is the second of a four-year contract? Is that what it works out to be? Something like that? Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yes, correct. Uh, he, they got to try to get him some help. I don't. He's really... This is beyond bad behavior. It is not having a foot in reality. I mean, we laughed when he did that show tree houses whatever the treehouse masters yeah treehouse masters and he told the guy he wanted a football field am i really free if i have in, a treehouse master in the treehouse he thinks you can get a football field in a treehouse you can't no i know but he um, i don't think it was joking around the next thing you know even if they could do it furniture's flying out the side of the treehouse <laughs> i'm ashamed to admit this but i did watch the episode the football field was in his yard in front of the treehouse is he going to be broke when he's done playing? He's going to be broke before he's done playing. Yeah, it's he's in a bad way. But you know, if you know, I don't care, and if the Steelers don't care, and his teammates don't care, and no one who does care wants to get him help, well, then it'll probably come to a bad end. Well, I, I mean, I certainly hope not. I hope not too. Um, Mark Andre Fleury coming to town tomorrow night. I was kind of hoping for the Murray Fleury matchup, and we're going to get neither. <laughs> we'll get the Subban to Smith matchup. I'm a little bit concerned about Matt Murray. He's a young guy who have had this many concussions. There's now the question of fragility, whether or not it's well, warranted or not. But n- Never mind the concussions. This is not only his third concussion since he debuted in December 2015. It's his eighth injury, like his eighth reported injury. So, you know, it's not his fault he gets hurt, but after a while it's not the club's fault either. Uh, I don't know what plan B would be. I mean, mm. My primary concern is that, you know, Muzz recovers and starts to play again and but it's just, it's odd. You know, from what I heard, it, it, it just it never rains, but it pours. You know, a lot of the players stayed out on the ice for extra work on Monday after that debacle. Um, Said debacle. Against Montreal. <laughs> and I, I think that's when he got hurt was during the extra work from what I'm told. Well, that's what the coach says. But there was also a report he got hurt during the game. And, of course, and they left him in. So, I mean. if No, no. I'm, I'm, I feel pretty. I had somebody call me last night who said. That he stayed Cover on the for the coach, Mark. Tell him I'm happy to practice. Pardon me? Nothing. <laughs> and uh, my sources are impeccable. My source told me, they're cover for the coach. Unless they're Trump. Uh, but uh, no, he came right off the ice in the middle of the extra work and, and said to Stewie, I think something happened. So that that's what I was told anyway. Well, it's uh, it's concerning. None, I don't none think they would have made him practice were there any suspicion, or I don't think he would have practiced were there any suspicion that something had happened in the game. It's easy to go back and watch the video. I think there was a collision with Murray on Montreal's first goal. But uh but you know, what what what's the difference? He's concussed. Why do you think Ben and A B were really having that much trouble hooking up in the first half? Do you think as Ben said it was his elbow? I don't know. That that's that's a weird thing because Ben doesn't seem to be having trouble hooking up with with just about everybody else, right? Right. Yeah, he's got a pretty good mojo going with Juju. But he was definitely throwing it high. He was he was definitely not hitting A B. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. They were great. No gaslighting here. I I I 
don't know. I mean, I'd love to pump Ben full of truth serum and ask him what he really thinks about playing on a team with AB this long. And oh, I, and I would be he should get babysitting to... money. <laughs> That's what it is, too. No, I know. I mean, it it, it is such a, a, a contrast when you have a receiver like AB on your team, and especially for the quarterback, because he's without a doubt the best receiver of his era, of these last five years. And I wouldn't want him on my team. I just wouldn't want him on my team. And and, and that's easy to say because I'm not on this team. But, I, you know, him and Bell, it's just a toxic situation nonstop. And I said when they had those guys as the main players that you don't win with guys like that, and I will be born correct. They will not win a championship with guys like that. All right, let's go through the list of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Okay. You give a yes or no as to whether or not they should be well, inducted. Well, first off, I hate to give the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that much credibility because it's just Jan Venner's playhouse. Jan Wenner. Yeah, yeah. Better. No. Is that it pronounced? Oh, I got a call. Go ahead, get it. <laughs> take that. Will you take it on speakerphone? No. Please? Come on. Oh, it's a telemarketer. Oh, we should have oh. definitely put that one on speaker. Yeah, no time What's for that. Phone? No, no, no. It's just a really cheap here. Look. It's a dumb smartphone, right? Yes, oh. dumb phone. Yeah. So anyway, Rockwell Hall of Fame. And it is pronounced Venner, I thought. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you say Wagner? Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Def Leppard. Yes. Uh, totally dominant with record sales and airplay in the 80s. Mutt Lang should go in with him then. I don't disagree with that. And that would piss off Joe Elliott to no end. Some people are saying they won't accept the nomination or, if, or the induction if nominated. Mm. Why? I don't know. Okay, but they deserve it. No question. Devo. No. Why not? Novelty band. Not a novelty band. Novelty band. Not a novelty band. You asked band. me. There's a reason why they shouldn't go in, but it's not that. What is it? Well, they just didn't a have the sales i don't think and b i don't know there's a question of influence how many other potential influence or rock and roll hall of famers have they influenced i always think that's a big one maybe, i love devo i love devo maybe al yankovic yeah all right he's in so no i think devo is super important but they would never call themselves rock and roll no and that's a big reason to not put them in there not in janet jackson Based on sales and popularity, is she really rock and roll? But that question's been debated a million times, so I'm going to say no. John Prine. No. Oh, you're so wrong. I you couldn't name brick. one thing he did. And that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't diminish his influence. No, he's out. No, he's one of the all-time <laughs> great songwriters. Obviously out. Kraftwerk. <laughs> I, I said it the way you like. <laughs> yes, but for all the wrong reasons. Nah, I see. Yeah, I, you just want to piss I, I people off. I can't name one thing they did, but, but you know. Didn't they do an album called Audubon? Yes, and if you like Kraftwerk, then you have to like Devo. Okay, neither. Ixnay on both. LL Cool J. <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. Ladies love. Cool J. Cool J. They better vote him in then, because I won't. <laughs> MC5. Um... Wayne that, Kramer. That's a tough one. Very influential in the day. This is no sales. This none. Is, right, none. No airplay either. No airplay, no Probably sales. Probably overdue. Huge influence. From the influence standpoint, I'm going to say no. But it wouldn't upset me if they got in. They're they're a, of, of the ones that we've talked about, they're the one true fence sitter for me so far. Well, they're like the Stooges for me in that I want the band members to get paid. Uh, like, you know, the guys who didn't, yeah. didn't get out of it and okay, make any money yes, from then. it. Let's yeah. say yes. Uh, Radiohead. No. <laughs> they, no. They, they disgust me. Why? You said it like they do. <laughs> they do. I think Why? They, they stink. Why are you disgusted about <laughs> them? I think they stink. How come? Uh, because amazing. they stink. They don't stink. 
They absolutely they're stink. great. What about Rage Against the Machine? That's a tough one because I, I like their stuff. Hall of Fame. Best of all time. Well, they're better than some that are in there, but they're worse I, than a lot who aren't, so I'm going to say no. Right. I uh, I would like them to get inducted so that Zach could say, no effing way would I ever do this in a million years and go on some sort of anti-capitalist rant against uh, Rolling Stone and Jan Venner. Now, when, 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 when Rage was really popular, did Zach give back all the money? I'm pretty sure he did. Really? No. Roxy Music. Uh, oh, Eno and Ferry. Boy, really creative. Uh, great album covers. Got to go in. They got to go in. I don't think they will, but I would put them in. From an influence standpoint alone. Yeah, I would I put mean, them in. I mean, Big Star should be in for influence for that matter. I would but put them in. Stevie Nicks. Isn't Fleetwood Mac already in? Yes. Do you think her solo career alone rates a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame she induction? She had two huge solo albums back-to-back to start her, her career. Okay, I'm going to say yes then. But 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 if she gets in, then Def Leppard has to because Def Leppard did a lot more than she did. The Cure. <laughs> uh, I'm depressed just thinking about them getting in. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think they're the single most depressing band I've ever listened to. Smiths like, are right that, there. Uh, that that uh, wedding singer joke that Sandler cracked about The Cure was so right on the money. Uh, I don't know. I'm very influential. Very creative. I'm going to say no, though. Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Don't you think? Well, from a producer standpoint, if nothing I, else. I can't believe he's not in already. When I saw him as a nominee, I said, I thought he was in. Dolph no. Lundgren. No. <laughs> With Todd Rundgren. With Todd Rundgren. You thought he was in already. Yeah. That's because uh, uh, <laughs> Steven Tyler's already in. People get them confused a Liv lot. Tyler. Um, which one is it? Is it she thought Todd Rundgren was her dad. No, she was or... raised by Todd Rundgren. Yes, and found okay. out in her in her early teen years, I think, that Stephen yeah. Tyler was her father. Which yeah. you know, when was she no... went through puberty and sprouted uh, all Stephen Tyler physicality. Right, right. Yeah, when it turned out, she looked exactly like <laughs> Stephen Tyler. <laughs> Mom, it, it wasn't a difficult conclusion to draw. Yeah, that's like my uh, lips are weird. Ron- Who's my dad? Ronan Farrow, like. There's no way he's not Frank Sinatra's kid. I mean, you look at him, you're like, dude, you look... I mean, come on. Uh, and, uh, well, Rufus and Chaka Khan. See, again... I, not rock and roll. Yeah, not rock and roll. That's just... just soul, it. From, hey, look, but if it's Donna soul, Summer is in the Hall of Fame. I know, that's why it sucks. You know, what's ama- you know, you know what? There are so many bands I can't believe aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And my latest one, because they put some of them in, like Sabbath finally got in, Purple finally got in. I can't believe Foreigner's not in. Well, you know, give them time. Uh, you think that I'm not sure they have Mick would show Aren't they all dead? Would no, no, but they're they're not. They're, they're, they're old. Never tour together. They're very old. Would Mick show up at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, or would he just send the four guys that he does to all the state fairs he doesn't want to play? <laughs> good, good question. Uh, I'm going to see Foreigner at the end of November in Atlantic City. Why? Because Graham's going to be there. Dennis Elliott, all the originals are are hopping up to pay a set. Oh, cool. Well, that I would like to see. You, I mean, you don't think Foreigner belongs in the hall? No, they do. They, I mean, album they, sales alone. They, they dominated they ruled the seventies, the, the the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, no question. And lastly, the zombies. No. <laughs> I'm not even sure who they are or what they did. They have one album that is one of considered to be like one of the all-time greats. Okay, and, put them in then. Okay. Uh, have I ever told you my, my story when I interviewed Mick Jones? Yeah, yes. seven or eight times. <laughs> really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to tell it again? 
No, 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 I don't now. Yeah. Because I, I don't think I've told on this show. But have you, you heard definitely me tell? Have. No, you have. Okay. Yes. Okay, good. Great, great. Can great we hear story, it again, though? though? I no. think it's worth hearing again. No, Let's I'm not going to tell it again. No, I think you should. I will not tell it again. Do you have a copy of that story written down in that cranberry? <laughs> if any, man if anyone emails me, I will send them a copy of the story. <laughs> <laughs> just write it out, and Mark will email it to you. Right, so, that's probably the way to do it. Okay, I'm going to go see the musical based on that story. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Big, jo- Big Jones wouldn't show up. There'd be a stand-in. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Mick Jones from the class, but as you may recall, he's a peripheral part of the story. Yes. No. Yes. Not the main uh, uh, person. We need them both about. is what, we, what we need. <laughs> I've told that story a lot. I just wasn't sure if I've told it here. It's a great story. <laughs> you know, now people out there really want to hear the story. And I, I think and I say no. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I feel let down. Just give us the story. You know the story. I know, but you tell it well. So I how let down could you be? <laughs> Pretty let down. Now people want to know because now now people have to hear the story because there's a lot of people who have not heard this story. No. Please clip that. No. No. All right, that's fine. How about if we throw it? We we have you write it down on a piece of paper and then we'll put it in your man purse and have AB come throw it's it off the roof. It's not really a man purse. It's it's, it's it's a briefcase. It's got dandy gold very things on the top for there. A briefcase. It is soft. It looks like you could take a little nap on that. You can. It's, it's on, and with travel, it's an auxiliary pillow. It's very retro. <laughs> Thank you, Val. It is. It's nice. It looks like a Pan Am bag for the stewardesses. It no. looks like an old bowling bag. I got this from Mick Jones. Did you really? <laughs> Which one? I forget. Is there an interesting story? You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.